is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up whatever's on your mind via the toll-free number this live Saturday edition, 1-800-259-9231 is the SACL CAI toll-free line. That's 1-800-259-9231. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that is freetalklive.com. Now, if those of you have been paying attention to the news, you know there was a, a big court decision recently called the Heller decision in Washington. Second Supreme Amendment. Court. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. A lot, of the, uh, a lot of the Second Amendment activists out there were trumpeting this as though it was something good, as though this was great news. Well, we were, we were told that it was, it was a win. Right, right. They've uh, oh, the Supreme Court has backed up the individual right to bear arms. See, see, we're still a free country. Well, nah, it turns out that it wasn't that great. In fact, uh, it turns out that the main thing that the Heller decision did was back up not just the individual right to bear arms, but the individual right to bear arms that the government specifies is okay as long as the individual has jumped through all of the government's hoops that the government has decided to put out for you to jump through an order for you to beg for the permission to possibly bear an arm in the Washington, D.C. area. Of course, it applies to the rest of the country, too. Basically, it validates all of the regulations that the government has ever put on and may put on into the future the possession and ownership and bearing of firearms. That's what the Heller decision does. A well-regulated militia uh, being necessary for the security of a free state, the right of the people um, to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Yeah, that's what it says. It's, it's, I mean, well, but they can't they can't regulate it because that would be infringing it, right? Well, according to the Supreme Court people, they can regulate without infringing. Yeah, yeah. Somehow they could do that. <laughs> you know, it's, it 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 baffles me how uh, these um, you know, these 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 fellas. Uh, I think there's a woman involved in the Supreme Court. Yeah. can uh, fail to read the Constitution over and over and over again. Um, I'm sorry, you can't regulate the uh, ownership of firearms and you know, and you, you, if you regulate them, you're infringing them. That's it. It's so true. And I've got a story here from WTOPnews.com about the process now of getting a firearm in the D.C. area. Because well, didn't we read a story where Mr. Heller himself went was to rejected. went to register his firearm, and um, because his firearm loaded from the bottom of the gun, it was considered a machine gun. That's correct. It was a semi-automatic pistol, and it was considered, therefore, a machine gun. So the only thing, apparently, you can own, um, and you probably have to lock it in a safe in your basement mm-hmm. in Washington. Washington, D.C., is a revolver, apparently. That's what it sounded it, like. Either that or they're just taking it out on Mr. Heller for having brought the case. Yeah. But either way, they're infringing on the right to uh, keep and bear arms. All right. So, so one you, of the... you can keep them and you can bear them and they mm-hmm. can't infringe upon that. Yeah. One of the things that uh, the but, case did decide was that Washington, D.C. would have to allow people... However restricted, it could be very, right. very restricted, right. but they would have to allow people to, to uh, possess firearms. Some states are, are um, you know, allow you to, to keep it, but you, and in order to take it to the range, you have to lock it into a, you know, a little uh, safe mm-hmm. to carry it and that kind of thing. It's insane. Here in New Hampshire, you can carry a gun on your hip. Of course, we have the most, uh, uh, some of the most egregious uh, uh, laws as far as uh, convicted felons owning weapons, but... You know, I, I we, people walk around with guns on their hips here in New Hampshire, and it's not that big of a deal. So here is, a, again, the story where a reporter who honestly doesn't really even want a firearm has gone, gone ahead and decided 
to go through the process just to see what it's like and to report on it for people to go through Washington, D.C.'s process to actually be able to legally own a firearm in Washington, D.C. That's what he is doing. And this is, and this is what the Supreme Court upheld. That's correct. Okay. Uh, this is WTOP's Mark Seagraves. He says that uh, it all started on July 18th. Now, the 17th was the first day that, or apparently, yeah, the 17th was the first day you could actually go and begin the process of applying for a permit in order to own how a many, handgun. How many bureaucrats and uh, elected officials in Washington, D.C. lost their jobs over this unconstitutional law? That they uh, attempted to uh, foist on the American. Oh, you people. mean the one that was overturned? The one that was overturned by the Supreme Court. I mean, obviously, there, no, there has to be some kind of penalty for making a, a law. You no. know, if, if our legislature oversteps their bounds, there has no, to be some no. kind of penalty, right? No, no, there's not. Well, I, and I don't never understand. Has been. If I do my job incorrectly and violate the rules and the rights of other people, I'm going to face penalties. Sure, sure. Well, you're not a bureaucrat. You don't have sovereign immunity like they do. Yeah, well, got a you know, rule we've that, got a really screwed up system when yeah. you can uh, infringe on someone's right to keep and bear arms, and the uh, Supreme Court says so, and then nobody has to pay the price for it. Let's see what it takes to navigate this bureaucracy, this labyrinthine bureaucracy that uh, D.C. has put up in the way of potential gun owners. Lieutenant John Shelton called me Thursday night to walk me through the process and clarify everything. So he's getting his hand held by, the, by one of the lieutenants there to help him out with this whole application process. So that this is actually, you know, this is a candy-coated version. It sounds like he's getting, yeah, a little bit of special attention. Anyway, according to Shelton, the application has to be filled out by the licensed dealer in D.C. where the gun I bought in Maryland will be shipped. Since I had the application filled out by the dealer in Maryland, it was improper, and the police were unable to process it. Since the only dealer licensed who will transfer guns in D.C. is still waiting on his permit, I can't get him to fill out the application. Charles Sykes has been transferring handguns in D.C. since 1994, but he lost his... So you just can't buy a gun and bring it into D.C.? It has to be a gun that has to be transferred by some dealer across the little imaginary line that is the District of Columbia? Yeah, and that dealer has lost his permit and is waiting on a new one. Since 1994, he's been doing this, but he lost his lease, and he had to move his office as a result of that. That means the district had to issue him a new certificate of occupancy. With a different address. The certificate came in last week. Now Mr. Sykes has to change his address with the ATF. According to a spokesperson for the ATF, the a- the change of address process can take at least. We shouldn't even have an ATF because uh, you know they're regulating alcohol, tobacco, firearms, and it's ATFE yeah. um, and ex- explosives. And as far as I can tell, arms are explosives are arms, and people should be able to bear those. They should also bear the responsibility of any property damage or any uh, sure. harm that comes to them because of them. But as far as I can tell, people should be able to bear them. Well, remember That's what the founding fathers thought when uh, we last talked about the ATF. It was they had some sort of inner office memo or something like that that went out encouraging their trainees to remember that ATF stands for always think forfeiture, because when they're going around doing their jobs as ATF agents, their primary thing to be thinking about is hmm, what sort of stuff can I take from this yeah, person? What can we take from the American people? Anyway, so again, uh, the change of address is going to take at least 30 days, and that means anyone who doesn't already own a handgun in D.C. can't get one for a month. Although I hear the ATF may try to expedite the permit for Mr. Sykes. So there's, there's no uh, dealer that just sells guns in D.C.? 
That is unclear. That's what he's claiming. That's what he's cl- he's claiming that, uh, that that there's not right. He's saying this dealer cannot transfer guns to D.C., so presumably he probably can't sell them as well at this time. There's only one gun dealer in Washington D.C. That that's good. That'd be good business, though, huh? Nice little government-approved monopoly where no one else is competing with you. Anyway, that means anyone who doesn't already own the gun can't get it for a month. Uh, Shelton says it's okay for me. This is Lieutenant Police Lieutenant Shelton says it's okay for me to take the written test and do the background check now rather than waiting until Sykes gets. So his you'll be permits. approved. You, you can be approved for the gun, citizen. You just can't have it. Yeah, well, in advance. I mean, they're trying to expedite things, right? Anyway, he says I've been studying for the twenty-question test. I'll take it on Monday. Dick Heller took his test last Friday and passed, but has to wait about two weeks for his background check to be completed. This uh, then the next day is uh, Thursday. Or wait a minute, he wrote segment. Oh, excuse me. Uh, looks like he wrote the 18th before the 17th. Anyway, this is on the 17th. I just spoke with Chief Lanier, who says her officers were wrong, and I can come back tomorrow morning to take the test. If I pass, I have my application approved. But as as I write this, the officer from the registration office called and says Lanier is wrong. Arg! I'm waiting on a call back from the head of the gun registration uh, registration unit. Maybe he knows. I just brought my application back to the police headquarters and was told I could not take the test until the gun is shipped to a D.C. dealer, but the gun store won't ship the gun until I take the test. And I just realized, Mark, that I'm reading this backwards. It's a uh, blog, so, they, so they, um, the newest, <laughs> the newest thing is, entry is, is first. first. I, I kind of suspected that might be the case. But uh, So he says most of the gun shops in Maryland and Virginia won't sell a handgun to out-of-state residents. Some say it's too much trouble. Others say it's against the law. It's not against the law to sell the gun to an out-of-state resident. It's against the law to let them take a handgun out of the store. It must be transferred to a licensed dealer in your state, or in my case, in D.C. So he's just running up against wall after bureaucratic wall being put up in front of him. So they won the case, and no one has, uh, no one's legally allowed More to have a gun. More on the way. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. It's 1-800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. If you've missed a moment of the show, just click and download. We've got a whole year's worth of Free Talk Live right there on the front page of the site for your downloading convenience. So enjoy all of that. For free at freetalklive.com and travel less and meet online. Try WebEx free. Go to webex.com and enter the promo code 600 to start your free trial of WebEx. That's webex, W-E-B-E-X.com. Enter promo code 600 to start your free trial of WebEx today. As we continue briefly here, is, so here's, here was my confusion, Mark. I was looking at this story from, uh, from WTOP in D.C. about this man, uh, one of their reporters, and his just nightmare process of trying to actually purchase a gun and bring it into Washington, D.C. Turns out there are no gun stores in the Washington, D.C. area, though they're certainly talking about maybe allowing someone to do that sort of business. Well, I guess it was illegal to to own a gun at all in D.C., so why would there be a store, right? Uh, Yeah, exactly. So, uh, So what I was looking at was an article that was written on the 17th, and so I figured it he said we were supposed to follow him through his process, but the last update was on the 18th, so there actually hasn't been an update to that particular blog. However, 
There is a follow-up article that was written a couple of days ago, and he points out that as of late Wednesday night this week, only 11 people had started the process of registering a handgun in D.C., and 164 people had picked up application packets. So everybody who has a gun currently in D.C. right now is... uh violating some rule of not having a registered a registered handgun. There is going to be some sort of amnesty from what I understand. He mentions that here in a moment, but he doesn't say for how long it lasts. I believe Apparently they it's... gave amnesty to the people who passed this law too because it was unconstitutional. That means the bureaucrats violated the highest law in the land. As far as I'm concerned, they should be hung by a lanyard. He says only one handgun so far has been completely registered. In a few days, gun dealers from Maryland, Virginia, and the district will gather in downtown D.C. to hear from officials at the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms. The dealers hope they'll get answers to questions like, how do they sell a handgun to a district resident? And can gun stores open in D.C.? The only way to register a gun right now is if you had an illegal gun in the district already and you take advantage of the gun amnesty. So you had to have been an outlaw. Correct, and they've given they've given you basically outlaw guns, and only outlaws have guns. Right, they've uh, basically given you a window if you live in D.C. in which to get your illegal firearms registered, and they claim they will not punish you in any way for doing that. I believe it's a 90-day window, maybe it's 120. Not positive on that. Anyway, uh, so the other way you could have a gun in dc is if you t- if you own a gun and stored it in maryland or virginia then you could drive your gun into the district as long as you were taking it to police headquarters for registration now the smith and wesson 38 that i bought last week still sits in the maryland gun store waiting for a licensed gun dealer in the district when a dealer is eventually fully licensed in dc federal law requires it be shipped by two-day air according to the gun dealer in maryland it might be possible for the licensed gun dealer in dc to drive to the gun stores in maryland and virginia and transport them back that's another question for the atf briefing one more question can individuals make a person-to-person sale in the district The current handgun law in the district expires in less than 90 days. The mayor and D.C. council will have to enact permanent legislation when they get back from their summer break, and most likely the regulations will change. The question is how much. At least one council member has voiced a willingness to allow some semi-automatic handguns, while others have voiced concern about the temporary law being so restrictive as to invite new lawsuits. And there are issues the temporary legislation doesn't address, such as gun stores, training requirements, gun ranges, and transporting guns. So, lots of questions, not too many answers so far about how to actually own a firearm in Washington, D.C. The right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Well, it is possible, according to uh, this again, Mark Seagraves at WTOP, it's possible the council could pass permanent legislation that would be more restrictive than the temporary legislation. One of their chairmen uh, says that... Well, they he, already don't allow uh, semi-automatic handguns. They call them machine guns. That's as we understood the story. Yeah, uh, the, One of their chairmen, Vince Gray, says he wants to make it impossible for gun stores of any type to operate in the district. Nice. But it's more likely things will get easier for residents who want a handgun if only because at some point a gun dealer will get licensed in the district and the legal handguns will start coming in. Because I can tell you, the illegal handguns have been coming in for a long time and are still there. Of course, in this election year, there's a slim chance that it could get a lot easier to get a handgun Uh, One of the D.C. delegates sent out a press release warning of an unprecedented attack on D.C. She was referring to a bill sponsored by Representative Mark Souter that would repeal the D.C. gun laws 
would repeal D.C. gun laws, repeal the ban on handguns, repeal the ban on semi-automatic weapons, all registration requirements, and eliminate criminal penalties for possessing an unregistered firearm. So who knows? Things are uh, subject to change there in D.C., but as of right now, it's very, very difficult to actually get your hands legally on a firearm. And people in the bureaucrats and elected people in D.C., many of them would like to keep it difficult and make it more difficult than it currently is. You know, um, it's illegal for me to own a uh, handgun anywhere in the United States but um, because I'm a convicted felon. But my next-door neighbor has 25. I don't feel like I'm in danger of my next-door neighbor sweeping down on me and, and shooting me and my wife and my kid. I don't feel that way. As a matter of fact, I feel a little more comfortable that he's over there. If something terrible sure. happens, at the very least, she can run over there. Um, you know, the, the, this, the whole idea that the handguns are the problem is just ludicrous to me. Yeah. It's, well, D.C.'s got all kinds of crime. It's I like mean, cars cause accidents. No. Well, drivers cause accidents is what happens. Mistakes right. are made. And, and people that use guns badly, um, you know, in the, in the wrong manner, they th- those people cause crime. But the people that use guns in a proper manner are really effective at preventing crime. The people that uh, are armed and ready have prevented, you know, and prevent millions of crimes all, you know, constantly. Much much of it goes completely unreported. Right. If you're against uh, people owning handguns, my question to you is, why don't you have a sign out in front of your house that says, handgun-free house, gun-free mm. home? Yeah. That's a good question. Well, I mean, you know, because it's obvious. That's the house the burglar's going to go after. If I were a burglar, it would make sense. This I would home, target... we consider guns reprehensible. This yep. is a gun-free home. I would want to target an no, easy mark like that. No, it's the people that actually do have guns in their house that are the deterrent for burglaries. Burglaries went up in England when they got rid of, uh, uh, you know, supposed outlawed guns, I should say. They didn't get rid of them. So anybody that, you know, is looking at this situation and thinking this Heller decision was anything at all good for gun ownership really needs to take another look. And that's one of the reasons why I wanted to share this with you, because it's clearly not really that much easier to get guns in D.C. than it was before the decision. And that, that's, how they, that's how they take our rights away. It's the regulations, people. It's not the outright, uh, you know, the, the, the march to tyranny is by little steps, not big ones. The toll-free number here is 800-259-9231. We uh, go to the phones here. Gene, the Christian anarchist on the line. Hello, Gene. Hi, guys. Um, well, uh, before I get started on stop signs, I'll say for the last time my website, I finally finished my entire trip to China, and it's on uh, freewebs.com forward slash Christian anarchist. You'll even see a picture of me wearing a Free Talk Live shirt while going through a factory in China. So Free Talk Live in China. I do like that idea. Gene, we're going to come back. We'll talk to you about stop signs here in moments. Does anybody actually like stop signs? This is Free Talk Live. Our archives, website, and podcast will continue to stay free, but if you think other people deserve to hear this show, consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It is a live Saturday show. You can bring up what you want via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. Features are free. Enjoy those on us, and they include the wiki. Over 1,700 pages created by listeners like you. You can go to wiki.freetalklive.com. 
and get interactive. WYKI.freetalklive.com. It's the cure for naked. Jumptees.com. Get funny, sexy, clever t-shirts at jumptees.com. Don't go through life naked. Get jumped. Jumptees.com. Pants not included. Jumptees.com is not responsible for customers not wearing pants. 800-259-9231. Back to your calls. Gene, the Christian anarchist, is on in Tennessee. You're back on Free Talk Live. Gene, you want to talk stop signs tonight? Stop signs, yes. I mentioned in the past that uh, China is a country without stop signs. Wow. The entire millions of cars they have there manage to function somehow without stop signs. But on Do they have yield trip, signs? Uh, nope. No. Never saw one of those either. Do but they have stop lights? They do. Okay. They do have stoplights, and they got these neat little countdown timers that tell you how long until it turns green and how long huh. after, until it turns red and all wow. that. But um, I do believe I saw my first stop sign this trip. Uh, when we got to Shanghai, we took a train uh, bus to the train station, and I believe I saw the backside of a stop sign at one intersection. I just really? saw it as, I drew, as we buzzed by, so I didn't get a chance to really look at it, but it sure looked like the backside of a stop sign. It was it octagonal? I, that, yes, and that's got to be the only stop sign I've ever seen in China. Do you think they and ship them in from the United States? Where do they get octagonal I, uh, signs in China? Why are well, there stop signs octagonal? Stop. It wouldn't have this... It wouldn't have English yeah. letters on it. That's certainly true. And, but I, it would be very interesting to go back to that intersection, if I could ever find it. I have no idea where it was. And see if anybody actually stops for it, because I couldn't <laughs> imagine a Chinese driver stopping for a stop sign. So and, uh, when you go to an intersection there, Gene, and it's not a lighted intersection in that it does not have a stoplight, is it just four ways that are just kind of intersecting and people just figure out how to get across? Yeah, that's it. I mean, it's, it's like, uh, see, I, I do believe Mark was wrong yesterday when he said that you're supposed to treat a uh, non-stop-signed intersection as if it's a four-way stop. At least it didn't used to be that way when I learned how to drive. If we came to the rule back when I was young was if you come to a four-way intersection which has no controls, you were supposed to yield to the person on your left. Yeah, so I, 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 I don't, I don't remember on. even having said that, Gene. I'm sorry. I, I you know, I... Okay. Well, and then uh, I think later on, as I grew up, they changed the rule to yield on your right. But anymore, there's no intersections in this country that don't have stop signs anyway. At least I don't see any. The bureaucrats want to spend your money on those signs. You know, and I've mentioned before the end of my driveway, but uh, that's about the only intersection I know that doesn't have a stop sign on it. Of course, I never stopped there. But in China, they don't stop. They just kind of roll on through and watch for traffic. Hmm. And if there's a big truck coming, it's a 35 miles an hour and you're too close, then you stop your car. And if, you know, if there there's enough distance, you just buzz on out there. Isn't I mean, it amazing that no... people can actually get along with one another without having these government traffic control devices every which way they look? Well, it's called self-preservation, and it's a very ancient law, and it's a law that's ingrained in humanity, and mm-hmm. uh, people want to survive. So when they come to some kind of an intersection or any kind of a dangerous situation, they're going to analyze it and see what is the best and safest way to survive that situation. When they, every intersection is the same thing. You want to survive that encounter with that intersection, so you're going to analyze it and look and see what's coming and how fast they're going and whether or not you, you know, you're going to judge whether you have the proper timing where you can get across or get yep. out and merge or turn or whatever. You know, I, it's, it's just ridiculous to expect the nanny government to tell us every damn little thing that we, you know, like, like 
we can't think of anything for ourselves. You know, the, the yeah. thing that I, I the, the uh, unintended consequence of all these uh, rules as far as traffic go in the United States, and I think that things go along pretty well on the roads in the United States, but one of the unintended consequences. But you have no, you don't really have a basis to compare. I've been to 13 countries. Yeah, but you don't know how how much better they could be. I don't know, but I mean, okay. you know, I've, I've got a better basis than most people. Um, and you know, some countries have n- none of these controls. I've been to Haiti; they don't believe me. They don't have stop signs. Um, but I think that road rage is is a result. People get this indignation about driving. Hey, he did the wrong thing. I have a right here. And, of course, the rule is on the road that you don't have the right-of-way ever. The only thing that has a right-of-way is like a pedestrian. Mm-hmm. Um, cars never have the right-of-way. There are cars that are supposed to yield the right-of-way to another car, but you never have the right-of-way. And the the feeling of indignation when somebody doesn't follow one of the l- little rules, um, yeah, I think this is. I think that's the result of, um, you know, it results in people doing terrible things on the roads. It's an interesting observation, Gene. Well, any other I, thoughts? I think, I think that an intersection with stop signs is more dangerous, quite frankly, because people will stop at the stop sign and then they will go. You know, they'll make their their uh, obligatory pause and then they'll hit the gas and they're really not looking to see if somebody's coming the other way. And if somebody is coming the other way and they're drunk and they're not, you know, they don't see the stop sign and they're buzzing right through there, then they broadside you. Yep. So I think stop signs increase deaths. And I think that uh, stoplights do, too. Well, that's frankly. what the story that uh, John Stossel was, uh, we were telling last night, where they actually looked at one intersection, and I'm sure this has been done on other intersections, but they looked at one of them, and they found that the accidents were down after they replaced the stop signs with yield signs. I mean, it's... I mean, yield signs, I think, are definitely a step in the right direction. I don't think Americans are ready to go all the way uh, to no signage whatsoever because they're just they would get scared. But yield signs, I think they could handle. And, you know, and with the gas crisis the way with the way it is, people could you save money on gas. It you know it it takes more gas to come from a full and complete stop um, up to speed than it does for you know this the sort of you know the, the, what they we always call a California stop. And just think of all the money that government could spend buying all new yield signs to replace a bunch of stop signs. And think of all the money they would lose out on all those tickets they're writing. Right. It's a, it's a great deal of it is revenue generation. Yeah, good point. You're right. They're never going to make that change. Thanks, Gene, for the call tonight. Appreciate it, man. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Matt is on the line in Illinois on the amp line. Hello, Matt. Hey, guys. Hey, what's on your mind tonight? Uh, I was reading a story yesterday online, and it was about how PlayStation started the wars or helped helped us. Uh, fire up the wars in Rwanda and the Congo. What? How's PlayStation? Sony PlayStation? PlayStation And that kind of caught my attention. So I read through the story. And it turns out what this story was about is a mineral uh, called coltan or something to that effect. Uh, I don't have it in front of me, so I'm not really sure how it's pronounced. But they mine it, and you get tantalum out of it. Now, I have to work with electronics, and when I read Tantalum, something clicked in my brain, and I said, this isn't funny. So I read through the story, and it said that the Congo was the only place where this coal time can be mined. So I'm going, that can't be right. I use Tantalum capacitors all the time in my work. All electronics use it. Everything in the world that, that's made that, that uses electronics uses Tantalum now. It was the... Uh, mineral basically that replaced the PCPs, which were poisoned uh, in the capacitors, and it, it, it made it possible to shrink capacitors so that the real small, tiny 
um, boards or um, uh, electronic parts that they use now, and the little boards and everything. So it made like cell phones possible. Okay. So um, I don't know why this person was blaming PlayStation Two. I read on, and the story says that PlayStation Two started selling so many that they that they made the demand for Panelum huge. And it helped bump Tantalum up from $40 a pound to $225 a pound. Okay. Well, I, something, something just didn't add up in my head. So I looked it up on, I looked up on, uh, on Wikipedia I went to, actually, and looked up Tantalum. And it turns out that Colton is just the African name for Tantalite or Nubioite, which are minerals which also produce tantalum. And that mineral, tantalite or nubiite, you can mine in a lot of places. And sure. Congo actually only produces one percent of this stuff. You can only you can mine only mine this uh, the, the this this one stuff this one thing in Africa because that's it's called that in Africa, but it's called other things elsewhere. So it was false then right. that the PlayStation two caused a war? Right. It's 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 an example of how the news media, or, or media in general... They don't check their facts, something. right? Hang on. Thank you, man. We'll bring it back. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything this live Saturday edition. The toll-free number is 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are free. If you like Free Talk Live and want to help support the show, then you can learn how to promote Free Talk Live via various different simple, easy-to-do, and in most cases, totally free methods, go to promote.freetalklive.com to learn more about how you can help us out. That's promote.freetalklive.com. I want to bring back Matt in Illinois real quick. We were talking about how a story that, and I, I believe what you were trying to get across, and we only had a few moments uh, in that last segment to, to spit it out, but I believe what you were trying to get across was you were giving us an example of where the media had claimed that PlayStation 2 started a war or fomented a war of some sort in the Congo or in Africa, and it was all about one of the um, the chemicals or metals that was used in capacitors inside the uh, the PlayStation being, you know, the, the demand was increased for it, and somehow that caused some problems. Stuff is called Col- Colton. Right, but you'd found out that actually the guy, that, whoever wrote the, the story, didn't actually do his due diligence and found out that the particular metal that you were talking about was actually available worldwide he was under the impression it was only available in the congo but the confusion was that the congo call the metal something different from what it's called everywhere else did i follow that correctly well yeah that could be correct but my interpretation is i think the guy did it on purpose i think there was an agenda here uh somebody has something against playstation or against video games in general and so they're trying to make it look uh, like, hmm. like you know, these these games are starting new wars. Well, I agree when, with you, and I think. I agree with you. I think what what the case is is in fact these you know there's there's sort of the new breed of socialist pinko out there, and those people hate 
progress. They hate they hate the combustion engine. They hate uh, the luxuries that people have. What they hate the whole consumer society that we have. And you know they'll 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 try to uh, plant seeds of derision in any way they can. And this mm. you know it, whether it's a lie or a mistake, I don't know the answer to that. But I think that the uh, that the, the the hope is that we'll stop being a consumer society and what live in caves and I don't know <laughs> to, like yeah. grow our own food because people I, I never. I think that's the nail on the head. Um, it, it's just, that's how it seemed to me. Like the guy, you know, it didn't take me that long to look it up and to find out. And what I found out was the kind who actually only produces one percent of all the tantalum in the world. Um, yeah. And that's not going to make the, the the price of tantalum go up or down that much. No. If one percent isn't available. It's not that big of a deal. Well, the you know the idea that rejecting the, even the suggestion that rejecting technology would somehow prevent war is absolutely absurd. I mean, people people have been clocking each other over the head for a long time since before they could buy missiles and tanks and things like that. People, you know, humans have been fighting with each other since before the invention of technology. That much is for sure. So I don't know. Maybe it was an honest mistake. Maybe it was uh, that they were plotting. Either way, good job in uh, seeing through it, Matt, and thank you for the call tonight. Let's continue with your calls about anything. Ben in Pennsylvania, or excuse me, Ben in Pittsburgh, you're on Free Talk Live. I have some exciting news for you guys tonight. All right. What's Excite that? us. I just received a summons for, well, not a summons for jury duty, but a questionnaire. What's that? What do, what do you mean? Well, it's like uh, it's, you're not being summoned, but they randomly choose a whole bunch of people, and then they send you a questionnaire asking, like, what is your race? Have you ever been uh, convicted of a crime? Uh, can you speak English and whatnot? And then I guess they pull uh, so many of those out, and they choose them to actually hmm. summon them down to interview them for jury duty. So you're excited in that you're hoping to get a chance to sit on a jury and possibly nullify a case where the law is bad? Yeah, that's pretty much what I was thinking. If it's anything with drugs, prostitution, or gambling, I'm pretty much going to not convict no matter what. That's great. I recommend you go to the Fully Informed Jury Association at Fija.org to read some of their um, instructions as to exactly how you should go about doing this. There are some things you need to be careful with when you're going to the, through the jury process. You know, as you know, they would like to eject or reject anybody that happens to understand what jury nullification is. They certainly want to reject anybody with a, a pro-freedom viewpoint. So you will have to be some sort of, uh, in some way, conciliatory of your true. Uh, true opinions. Well, yeah, I was pretty much going to ask for uh, pretty much pretend I'm the average brain dead American. But um, I was yeah. wondering, like, if I say that I'm pretty much a moderate or whatever, I don't have any strong opinions, could they look up, like, my online posts or my YouTube videos and say, well, no. you lied to us, you do? No. can't do that? No, please. They're not going to do they, that. They're they, 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 they've got to go get some coffee. They're, <laughs> they're busy yakking with each other behind the counter. Um, no, there's no big government computer out there that checks anything. And uh, if it was, it'd still be run by bureaucrats, and it would still be inefficient. Yeah, it's uh, what the uh, FIJA, the Fully Informed Jury Association people recommend is that you simply say something like, you don't pay attention to politics. So you don't really have any th – th that way they'll take that answer as, oh, it's just another American. He's busy. He works. Uh, he's not interested in the, the political system, and maybe you're not. I know I don't pay attention to politics. Uh, I pay attention to issues and freedom 
and uh, that sort of thing. But it depends on the. I guess it's a shame the that um, you know this this uh, the, the right to, for a jury to nullify or one person on a jury to nullify is a thousand year old right. It's it's as old as common law. It means rejecting it's, the law itself. It's a shame that uh, our legal system has gotten so wrapped up in uh, you know the 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 union that is the bar. It's just a union, right? It's just a labor union that only allows lawyers to practice mm-hmm. uh, justice and and you know the way they write the laws essentially keeps the average man out of them because they're impossible to read and no one can read them all they've they've kept the they've they're trying so hard to push the common man out and when uh, you know nonviolent revolution becomes impossible then violent revolution becomes inevitable that, that was uh, JFK I believe it's true well Ben I'm interested to hear what happens with your story as to whether I, uh, or not you get selected so keep us informed will you wait I have another question yeah uh, does, depending on what kind of jury it is, does it require um, all of the jury to decide one thing, or is it just a majority of the jury? No, usually one person can hang a jury. In a criminal case. Yeah, usually if you are refusing to convict, then the jury is hung. Now, doesn't that sometimes mean, Mark, that they can go ahead and press those charges again? They like can. they can keep trying, yeah. essentially, forever? If he gets, if you get uh, acquitted, then they can't. Well, but acquitted it, would mean all 12 would have to vote not guilty, right? I, I, I guess so. I'm no lawyer. I don't know exactly how the the system works, but that's from my basic understanding. I believe somebody can hang in either either direction. Right. So there you go. Does that answer your question? Yeah. I figure, I mean, I'm only 18. I still live with my parents. I work for the family business. So, I mean, if I'm away for a couple weeks or a month, it's not like it's going to interrupt my life or anything. I don't think you're going to be away anywhere for a month. Most of them don't last that long. Yeah. Might, might as well have some fun while I'm at it, so. Yeah. Well, most of them aren't like OJ. It's probably more going to be like a day or two at the most. Yeah, hopefully. Very good. I'll Let us know what happens. happens. Thanks, Ben. Appreciate the call tonight. Let's talk to Wyatt in California. Wyatt, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Mark and Ian. Hey, dude. What's on your mind? Why do I get so nervous talking to you guys? It's, it's like I was less nervous in front of a judge and then getting thrown in jail than talking to you guys. It's, it's funny, isn't it? it? The radio's that way. When I call, uh, even if I call a local, oh, yeah. uh, one of the local talk shows, I get all hyped up and my heart beats fast and, and the, those kind of things. But, uh, you know, it's, it's That's it's what's happening right now. Us. I've been listening to you guys on podcasts for three years. Mm. I mean, loyally, five days a week, six days a week. And, uh, but I have two, two things I want to talk about. I have to say, uh, just for you, before you go on, and it, ha- it happens to me as well. I mean, with uh, over ten years of on-air experience, yeah, as soon as I pick that. up that phone and dial into a talk show, I've got to start breathing deeply to make sure I don't sound nervous on the air. And uh, this morning, I called a show here in in Keene, and uh, yeah, I stumbled for like six seconds as I tried to actually spit out what it was I was trying to say. So yeah. there's something about I think it's the excitement, uh, the the idea that. You've got possibly thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of people listening to the words that you say. And, and that the could urgency, be an exciting thing. you only have a limited amount of time on the telephone. It, right. Exactly. We try, yeah. to, we try to take some of that away here on Free Talk Live so and, and get people to finish their thoughts. You sound you relatively calm. for the human race than any politician, I Well, say. thank you, Wyatt. Okay, no. first of all, I want you guys to help me flesh this out. When somebody says, America, love it or leave it, I would like to reply to them, you are asking me to do exactly what you're telling the illegal aliens, quote-unquote, not to do. They don't like Mexico, so they're leaving it. Mm. You want to tell them, stay there and change the laws. Well, that's exactly what I'm doing here. I'm staying here to change the law, so don't tell me to leave it. I I think it's a good answer. You guys, I didn't know if you guys had ever thought of that approach at all. Or I, I hadn't. And, you know, I think the, someone had suggested the, the problem is that it goes out on a limb. It assumes that they, uh, for some reason, have some thoughts one way or the other on illegal aliens. 
it yeah. gener- it's generally safe uh, because about 80% of Americans don't like the idea of legal aliens. They don't realize that, well, essentially the marketplace is going to do what the marketplace is going to do. And if some politician puts some rule in place, some bureaucrat really, most of these rules are uh, yeah. you know, made up bureaucracy. They're not even uh, passed by the legislature. Yeah. Then you know that's that's just humans doing what humans do. Yeah. And I like Mark's response to it, and that is that you come back with an uh, appeal to the founding fathers, right, Mark? Yeah, I generally do. I mean, if they uh, did, did George Washington love it or leave it? Did Thomas Jefferson? Yeah. Did Benjamin Franklin? Did these guys just pack up and leave when they didn't like King George's exactly. rules? No, they 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 fought for their country. Why a good yeah. call? Thank you, sir. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Hour number two is coming up. You can take control of the airwaves and bring up. Whatever it is that's on your mind. 2012. Some people think the world's going to end, but one of our emailers thinks a little differently. It's coming up. Free Talk Live. You ever have one of those days where everything goes right? First, I get the best parking space at work. Tonight, I have a date with a very lovely Rachel. And today, I gave a killer presentation in Sydney. Finalized a contract in London and demoed our new product in Boston. Online, from my desk, with WebEx. WebEx lets me take meetings and give presentations from my desk. I just talk to clients on the phone, and they watch what's happening on my desktop from their desktop. So I can travel the world and still be here for my date tonight with Rachel. Travel less, meet online. Go to WebEx.com and try WebEx free. Just click the radio graphic and enter promo code 600 to get a free trial and a free webcam, too. Remember that code 600 to qualify for the free webcam. WebEx, now part of Cisco and used by more than 5.5 million people every month. Give it a try, free. Go to WebEx.com and enter the promo code 600. W-E-B-E-X.com. Free webcams available while supplies last. Terms and restrictions apply. See website for details. This is Free Talk Live. It's a live Saturday edition of the program, and you can bring up anything via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features are free, so enjoy those on us, those other talk show hosts. They want to charge you for accessing their websites. Uh, we give ours away, and we've got more stuff on ours as well. So yeah, go. I think ours is the biggest anywhere. Yeah, I don't know about. It. I'm not gonna. I'm gonna go. I'm not gonna make that particular claim, but I will say the it biggest is in the free parts. Darn big, and it is totally free. So go to freetalklive.com and enjoy as we go to your phone calls. To Mike in Fort Lauderdale, first listening to WFTL. Mike, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey guys, great show. How you doing? Good, Good sir. Eight. What's on your mind? Hey, well, um. I've been reading about something that is absolutely insane. Um, it was in the New York Post, and I've read it in a couple of other places. Apparently, there's a gentleman who lives outside of New York City in Suffolk County, New York, or something to that effect. I guess he was petitioning his senator, uh, saying something to the effect that he was pr- uh, problem-ridden with a particular crime that was going on in his neighborhood, and he needed some assistance. Apparently, he, he got no answer, and he went to the senator's office, this lady by the name of... Uh, McCarthy or McCart or something to that effect. I guess she was so taken back by this guy's uh, persistence that they labeled him like an enemy of the state. Oh, geez. The following day, the, the sheriff's office came to his house and illegally seized all of his guns. Wow. And he hasn't even been arrested for anything. Wow. Uh, <laughs> because he wanted to talk to the senator. That was what he was trying he to do? Wa- he, he was trying to establish contact with the senator, and he was saying that if someone could point him in the right direction 
about some particular issue. I don't know if the issue was something to do with illegal immigration or was it illegal, something to do with burglaries to autos or something to the effect there was, there was something that he wanted to have addressed. It was a community problem. There was some type of crime that was going on, and, and he thought it was he wanted to petition his senator. But her name is uh, either Linda McCarthy or McCarthy or something like that. So I know she's a huge gun control advocate. What was it that uh, what was it that that uh, that sparked them to call the police? Did he go in multiple times after, for instance, not receiving a call back? And were... he he was registered as a voter in her district. They said that he was not in in her district in a different district. And I guess they, uh, he produced the paperwork to show that he's a registered voter in her district. And they, uh, they said, well, he's too persistent. He, uh, he's been here, uh, in the office, uh, at least six times in a yeah. month or something to that effect. He's called every day for two weeks, three weeks, and he won't take no for an answer. He, he's just annoying us. And we think he's a disturbed person. And if there's some way to, uh, reel him in or put him. So under it's some disturbed. Type of so it's a, it, right. according to them, you're disturbed if you try to actually contact right. these people. You're in, if you participate in the political process, as they tell you, is the only legitimate way to change the government um, that that you find you know onerous in some way or another. They're going to take away your guns and label you some kind of enemy of the state. Right, and it's always yeah, nice when they can take your property without actually charging you with any crimes too. That's what they do. That's called with, stealing. Yeah, well, of course it is, and that's what they do with people that are accused of alleged drug crimes. They take their cars and their houses and they take their cash and they actually don't bring the person up on charges. They bring the guns or the car or the the uh, the cash or the drugs up on charges. And of course, it can't hire a lawyer to defend it itself. And so they just they snatch the money and they go and they take it and they run and they they win because they're the government and you can't do anything about it. And so it sounds like that's what's happening to this guy. Yep, they, I, uh, the senator's name was I think either Linda McCarthy or McCarthy. And she's a huge gun control advocate. But, but the thing that was really crazy about it was I was reading the press release, and somebody from the sheriff's office of the police department had basically said that he uh, uh, was either annoying or he was, he was disturbing the senator. I think that's the exact terminology. He was disturbing the senator in the senator's office, and, and that had to be something rectified from that. But they actually seized his guns. Wow. I don't understand that because it, nothing in there said he was violent. Or anything of that nature. I don't know. They don't. I, they don't have the authority to do that. I don't know. I, well, I guess it, we're going to start running into a instead of forcing us to just keep paying through the nose with taxes and, and put us in a form of financial slavery. It looks like government's now going to start forcibly uh, changing our ways by by using the government uh, physical arm by using the military and the police. I guess. Yeah. Well, I mean, this isn't really new. I mean, it's it's a news story that I've never heard of before. But it, the, uh, the the themes are not new to me. Uh, government, you say they don't have the authority to take his guns, but I don't know what that really means. I mean, they went in and they took his guns, and there's not a damn thing he can do about it. So I don't know what the definition of authority really is. But what I do know is that these people calling themselves government have a lot of guns themselves, and they aren't afraid to point them at us in order to get in order to get us to behave or obey them in whatever way they deem appropriate for us. I think if you Google the, if you Google five million dollar lawsuit or something to that effect. 
I know he's suing this particular senator. Uh, Good luck. For Five million dollars or something like that, but I don't know if they. Man, happen. I mean that is it's. I mean that's all you can do, right? Is you can fight them in their own courts where their judges are already on their side. I mean the whole system is completely slighted against you if uh, if you get put into a situation like this, and then you end up having to spend your life savings to try to actually get back whatever property it was that they stole from you if you actually happen to have any savings with which to spend it on. I mean, otherwise you're just left in the dirt, and there's not a damn thing you can do about it. And that's one of the reasons, it's one of the many reasons why uh, Mark and I joined the Free State Project, because we're sick and tired of being ruled by these people. I did not uh, elect anybody to control me and set rules for me, and I don't consent to their governance, and I certainly don't consent to asinine nonsense like this. And I thank you for calling in tonight, Mike, and bringing that story to the forefront. I can't find anything on the story. I've uh, Googled all kinds of different things, and I can't find anything on it, but I, I don't doubt it. Oh, not at all. If Let's... you if you uh, make enough of a, a, a disturbance of yourself by going as, as far as they're concerned by going to the office of right. your senator or uh, leaving messages, I would assume it's your state senator because it, they, he said district and uh, a U.S. senator wouldn't have a district; they'd have a state. I so, could understand if he would. I, I could understand him getting upset because he probably wasn't getting calls back. Sure, so he, figure, he, he figures calling. squeaky wheels and grease and all that yeah. stuff. So he's going to go and he's going to show up every day or whatever. And I can absolutely see them uh, saying, you know, we got to do something about this guy. He's a pain in the butt. Yeah, well, you have to actually take notes and do work when someone comes by asking to see someone. You have to leave messages, and that that's work. They'd rather be, like you said earlier, drinking coffee and, and eating donuts. Kibitzing. Let's go to talk to Dean and Indy listening on WXNT. Dean, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hey, guys. Hey, Dean. What's on your mind? Hey, um, i got two things here. Um, uh, one thing I want to say is uh, I always talk, listen to these uh, talk radio hosts and news reporters on TV and all this stuff. And I always hear him talking about, like, uh, well, I want to say, like, uh, a lot of conservative reporters. And uh, then I hear a lot of liberals. And uh, me personally, I think, like, like, a lot of the liberal people are kind of insane. Um, so I listen to a lot of, like, conservative uh, news programs and stuff. Okay. Mm-hmm. But the one thing that that, uh, that kills me is when they're talking about the capitalistic system, how good it is. Which I agree with, and uh, but they'll sit there, they'll turn around, they'll say stuff like, uh, "This democracy will not uh, succeed without capitalism" or something, and uh, they seem to forget that uh, this was never a democracy. Well, I think uh, here's my opinion on that subject, and people will often say, generally Republicans, will say that uh, this isn't a democracy, this is a republic. And, uh, you know, that's what it is. You're right. It absolutely is true. We democratically elect um, our, you know, representatives in this republic. But the terms, when you go back and, and look at the, uh, you know, the words and their history, republic means, is, is I, I believe, Latin for of the people or by the people or something like that. And then democracy is Greek for of the people or by the people or something mm. like that. So essentially you have terms that, is, that more or less mean the same thing. Um, you know, what they've become, what, repu- what a republic is, is different than what a democracy is in English. But it's not that much different, and I, I don't even know if we really have a republic anymore. And, you know, there's right. really not that much difference between Republicans and Democrats. So <laughs> I mean, oh, yeah. when I hear them talk, I just think they're all madmen because all they want to do at various different levels is control their neighbors and try to uh, restrict them and uh, not allow them to be the free people that they should be able to be. As long as they don't hurt people. Yeah. Well, I got the, uh, another thing I had was uh, on that guns issue. Yes, sir. 
Um, I'm for gun rights, mm-hmm. and uh, <clears throat> the uh, these people on the news they, they'll talk about the uh, Bill of Rights, or they'll mention in, like the First or Second Amendment or whatever. Uh, nobody really mentions the Ninth Amendment. Yeah, no one ever does talk about the Ninth Amendment. We can talk about it here in a moment, what it really means, and I thank you for bringing that up, too. Thanks for the call. More coming up. You can bring up anything. What is the Ninth Amendment? We've talked about it before on Free Talk Live, and it's actually pretty relevant if you're one of those constitutional people. This is Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live, it is the live Saturday show, and you can bring up whatever's on your mind via the toll-free number at 1-800-259-9231. It is the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Mark. 800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features are free, so enjoy those, including the updates. Get signed up, and we will keep you in the loop when you need to know something fresh about Free Talk Live. Go to updates.freetalklive.com to get on the list for free. That's updates freetalklive.com. If you've got a company or you work at one that needs to try something new in the area of collections, SACL CAI is the biggest supporter of Free Talk Live. They do collections in a manner that's entirely different. They uh, they, they collect from your uh, clients out there with respect. Um, they don't treat them badly or cuss at them or anything like that. They uh, let's see, they do collections, early out billing, and they purchase charged off receivables. That's SACL CAI. You can see their banner at freetalklive.com. It's the top banner. Let's go to your phone calls and talk to Mac in Georgia on the amp line. Hello, Mac. How's it going, guys? Hey, great. What's on your mind tonight? Uh, taxi cabs. Taxis, okay. Well, well, Ian, you know that I started driving taxis a couple weeks ago from the email I sent you. Uh, you know what? I don't know if I've re- have I read that email. I'm, I might be backed up on emails, but uh, congratulations to you. Everybody needs a few extra bucks, right? Yeah. Well, let me tell you, this this it's a pain, man. I, I had to, um, I went to the cab company, and the man went and told me what the process. So I had to go to the DMV, get my my motor vehicle record, and then I had to go downtown to the to the hospitality office and give a temporary permit. Mm-hmm. And that cost ten dollars. I had to get that to the bureaucrat for a background check. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I had to turn around and give them, I mean, so they called me the next day and told me I could pick up my temporary permit, and then I had to go come back for a test within a month before the temporary permit expired. I also had to get a physical, and it cost $15 for the, for the permit. A physical to drive a cab? <laughs> yeah. Mark, you were a cab driver at one point. Did you have to go through these uh, hoops, too? Yeah, I had to get some kind of uh, certification, and I remember I had to go to two different places. I had to get, like, a background check or something like that. But I've got a murder conviction from almost 20 years ago. (laughs) They let me drive. What's the point of the background check? They're letting murderers drive cabs. And you would not believe what I got it for. What's What's that? I am got a ticket from the uh, city marshal the week before last. The who? You got a ticket from a marshal? The, the um, taxi cab inspector is a bureaucrat. She's not a police officer, but she has police powers dealing with um, taxi cab operators. How did you get a ticket from her if you weren't operating a taxi cab at that point? I mean, I was I was driving one night and I had my car, I had my cab parked at a um, taxi stand, and the lady came around to to inspect my cab, and I almost got a twenty five dollar ticket. You would not believe what I got it for. I'm okay, so this is when you were a driver. I'm sorry, I missed that point. All right, what did you get it for? Not having a collared shirt. 
A colored shirt? Yeah. Well, it they've was... got rules against white shirts? Actually, section 6-1465 in the Savannah, <laughs> Georgia code. I'm not even going to go through it, but basically say you got to... Basically say how you got to dress and... And part of that, you got to have a shirt with a collar. Matter oh, a collared. Oh, okay. <laughs> collared shirt. I thought you said colored shirt, and I thought, well, that's weird. They don't let you drive around with a black T-shirt on. Uh, so no collar, so that's apparently not professional enough for these bureaucrats, basically? Yeah, matter of fact, she sent me home. She sent one. you home. That's amazing. <laughs> so that's what these bureaucrats are up to, huh? They're out protecting the consumers from drivers... Without collared shirts. Great call tonight, Mac, and thank you for it. It, it may very well be that way in uh, where I drove, too. <laughs> I, I know the taxi cab company had a, had a policy on what sort of shirts you were to wear, and I've, it's always been my policy to dress above whatever um, dress code there is. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I would wear a starched Oxford and um, pressed pants but, and, you know, shinable shoes. But, you know, they, <laughs> I, 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 maybe they do have that rule. I don't know. If the, if the business has a rule, then that would make sense. But yeah. to have the government so, come in there and handing out tickets to taxi it, drivers... It costs money and you know, uh, to, to dress in that manner. And it seems to me that you could provide taxi cab rides to people uh, of lower income for uh, more cheaply. Of course, the government sets what taxi cabs cost, so this yeah. doesn't, really, you know, doesn't really qualify. But if they didn't, and they shouldn't, they, they shouldn't be involved in it at all... Then you could have people that would provide rides more cheaply who were yeah. p- perhaps in shabbier cars and shabbier clothes. Well, that's what these rules are there for. They're there to prevent people from getting into the ca- the taxiing business. It's a protection racket. Right. Uh, and competing with the existing businesses that have been around for a long time. They uh, they don't want you coming in and just driving around your car and you know, wearing a regular T-shirt, picking people up for five bucks a trip or whatever, you know, yeah. a significantly reduced rate from what you would pay at a regular taxi service because those existing businesses, they've worked very, very hard and paid lots of fees and things like that in order to get their business licenses. And that wouldn't be very fair if we could just let anybody with a car be a taxi. So that's why they have all these rules and regs uh, put in the place so... Other people can't just start th- start up their own business. It's worse, of course, in bigger cities like New York City, where you actually have to medallions buy... Medallions are just tens of thousands, hundreds, hundreds of thousands. of thousands of dollars for taxicab medallions, the supply of which are very limited. Uh, so some some areas of the country, it's easier than others to become a taxi driver and to, to open up your own taxi service. But sure. usually, usually there are those It's rules. usually the rural places, the more rural places, because um, the, the towns, you know, say, see other towns making all kinds of money on taxicab medallions. They want to sell taxicab medallions too so all we have to do is print up this little piece of paper and then give it to somebody and they'll give yeah. us you know five ten fifteen thousand dollars it's a great idea so i could do it in my town but i don't think that very many people uh, are interested in my town of you know less than two thousand people in getting a taxi cab ride so the other side of this enforcement uh, mechanism beyond just ticketing taxi drivers for wearing the wrong type of t-shirt the other arm of it is the enforcing of uh, the anti-Jitney cab rules, where they'll go and they'll arrest people. They actually run sting operations to try to catch people for just giving people rides for money. We read a story from Miami where they were doing just that. Yep. It's cr- ludicrous. It sure is. And if you if you favor freedom, then you can't possibly be in favor of these restrictions on your ability to drive one, another person from point A to point B and accept money for it. I don't need to ask government bureaucrats' permission in order to take someone somewhere. 
And they're saying you do. They're saying uh, no, that they're only do, saying it if you get paid for it. Right, exactly. If you get paid for it. And everybody wants to get paid to give someone a ride because gas is flipping expensive. Sure. I, I took a friend uh, I, on a trip. We were going in the same, going to the same place, and he wanted to go to uh, this festival that I was going to, and he paid ten dollars for the gas for the trip. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not like I made any money on the, no. the trip. I, I can't imagine that I did. I don't know. I don't know what I spent on uh, going, but and wouldn't matter if you did make money. So what if you made t- five well, bucks I didn't, on the trip? I didn't make any money. I offset what I spent in gas. I guess is. Uh, but what you if know, you took five maybe, people? I don't and know you came what the percentage ahead. he paid. So, but what if you took five people in your car and you came out of had five bucks at the end of it. So what? It wouldn't matter. Yeah, it's just crazy. And you know, it's either a free no, country or it's not. You know? Right, and it's not. There's nothing that these bureaucrats will not stick their paws into to try to control and regulate. There's nothing about your life and your business that these bureaucrats don't want to micromanage. They just haven't thought of it yet. If they're not, if they're not regulating your business yet, then they just haven't thought about you yet. Just right. give them time. You know, and it's funny. Um, people will say it's a free country, but I think what they mean by that is that we get to democratically elect our uh, Our know, masters? O- oppressors, yeah. 1-800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. Chris and Philip are both on the line. We'll get to you. And ladies, if you call in, you come first at 1-800-259-9231. You can bring up whatever you want. That's why we call it Free Talk Live. With your help, we can spread the message of liberty around the world. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month now at amp.freetalklive.com. If you can't afford it, keep enjoying us for free. If you can spare the three, visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It is a live Saturday edition of the program, and you can bring up whatever's on your mind via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Mark. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are free, so enjoy all those, including live streams, broadband version, and dial-up version of the show, both free for you at freetalklive.com. And we continue with your phone calls about whatever you want. Let's talk to Chris, listening to WFT. In Fort Lauderdale. Chris, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hey, I was just calling to let you guys know the uh, name of that senator from New York that uh, did that little uh, take that, steal that guy's guns away from him. Yeah. His name is McCarthy. McCarthy. Uh, Carolyn yep. McCarthy, isn't that what it was? It was Linda. Yes, no, Linda. That's it. That's it. Oh. She's, uh, she's also a sponsor of uh, HR 1022, the uh, semi automatic gun ban. Uh, She's she's behind a lot of gun control stuff, but but she's the one. Uh, you know the, the irony of this whole thing is what she did. They arrest people for it's called uh, acting under uh, color of law. When you're a public official or a law enforcement or something like that, and you do something uh, illegal, uh, you violate someone's civil rights. It's called uh, uh, violation of civil rights, 1983, under color of law. Yeah, but how Fighting often do it. they arrest? You? How often do they arrest bureaucrats for that? I mean, it doesn't seem very often. The the government police always do, you know, frequently are doing things under the color of law, and very rarely are punished for it. Yeah, not only that, but if you want to have blood shoot out of your eyes, she actually had the audacity enough to say that she has a, 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 a political immunity because she's a senator yeah. uh, for many repercussions uh, from this, and she sent. The Nassau County Sheriff's Office in to intimidate this man and uh, harass him. 
Well, she probably is going to be uh, immune because the sheriffs, I don't think they, you know, the the senator is not, essentially, she's not an authority over the sheriffs. She can report something to the sheriff, but the sheriff makes it, you know, the deputies there make their own decision as to what to do, as to whether or not to arrest someone. So if they went and they stole this guy's guns uh, from him, that was their own choice to do. Uh, Perhaps if it was at her suggestion, that's one thing, but I don't think they can hold her responsible for it. So she may be absolutely correct in that she is completely immune from any sort of prosecution here she's an ugly well, old bag be, too that might be the case but she's she's a the thumbprints on her she's a major uh, gun control advocate yep. she doesn't think citizens have any right to any guns at all it should only be the state so i, I don't know about you know all that but but uh it was it's her district and she finances that uh nassau county uh sheriff's office and she's the one who uh pushes for them to get raises and everything else mm-hmm. so who knows Oh, I'm sure they're at her beck and call. It's just that they are responsible for their own uh, decision to, uh, to to steal that guy's guns. But that doesn't even mean that the cops themselves will get in any trouble. And as we've seen so many times with the police uh, misbehaving and doing awful things to uh, to Americans, that they just very rarely get anything worse than a slap on the wrist, you know, reassigned. They actually, they actually revoked the uh, pistol permit of this man's girlfriend who hmm. doesn't even live with him. Yeah, that's that's how some of these these big states, you know, with the with the big metros in them, Chicago, Illinois, California, um, New York, excuse me, yeah, Chicago, obviously not a state. The um, yeah. these that's how these places are about guns. For some reason, in these big cities, they just you know they're, they're against guns. Well, this guy wasn't even living in the city. It doesn't matter. It's the state. You know, the state has the same rules. Yeah. Well, if you like if you like gun freedom and you're living in one of those places, I have to ask why. You know, why don't you get out? If yeah, well, he he didn't even do anything violent. The only thing he did was he went to uh, her office to petition her to uh, try to do something about some type of crime or something like that. And uh, he doesn't even have any criminal record. He's never been arrested. He's not a violent person. He never made any threats. And I guess the Nassau County Sheriff's Office said that he is uh, uh, intimidating or he's – no, <laughs> I think the term was he was disturbing someone. He was disturbing the political office of Senator McCarthy. Right. Yeah. This is Ga- that's Gabriel Rosano is the gentleman's name, and her name is Carolyn McCarthy. Yeah. Anybody who apparently anybody who doesn't hold Ms. McCarthy's viewpoint that wants to talk to her more than one time is uh, disturbing to her, and that that means that they can call the cops. I mean, they can so do whatever talking- they want to do, and they get away with it, and they get away with it, and their power increases over time. And Americans, they just keep bending over for it, and as long as people keep putting up with this crap, then they're going to keep getting more of it. I'm not advocating violence at all i'm just saying that uh, people need to start uh, just non-cooperating and actually getting active and uh, changing things because this system is not going to play out for too much longer what you said was right you said earlier a quote from jfk that if you don't have peaceful uh revolution you're going to force people to end up doing something they don't want to do and turn violent and, yep. and it's sad but they, i think they look at people as sheep I think they're going to put up with this stuff, and I don't think people are going to put up with it much longer. Well, there was a story last year, or maybe it was early this year, about a guy that went into his the, the city council meeting in, uh, I think it was Michigan, but I can't recall exactly. Anyway, he went into the city was, council uh, meeting in Missouri. And he, yeah, it might have been Missouri. Anyway, he blew away the mayor and a handful of the city councilors. 
And there's that other guy that uh, ran the bulldozer. Through, you remember the killdozer story? Yeah, he just kill ran dozer. a bulldozer through town. He armored the sucker up. They couldn't get to that guy. Well, he don't only... forget Ed Brown uh, holed up in uh, you know his house here in Plainfield, New Hampshire. I mean, there's yeah, all kinds of these initiate. stories. Ed Brown didn't initiate force on anybody. These other guys, no, these guys snapped. didn't feel like it either. They didn't feel like they were initiating That's force. True. They felt like they were reacting to a bunch of people that did not listen to what they yep. had to say. Yep. Yep. And, you know, the government's supposed to That's help what it comes us. To. It's supposed to be, you know, the idea. <laughs> the idea is it's supposed to be there to protect your life, liberty, and property. Yeah, and but it doesn't they, do any of that. Right. They help themselves to your property, and they help themselves, and they help you the into jail cells. Yeah. It's just sad. And, 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 and unfortunately, that's what it comes down to. The more they push, the more likely somebody's going to push back. Again, I don't advocate that as a solution. I think we can achieve liberty in our lifetime through nonviolent solutions. But the more restrictive and the more oppressive they become, the more likely they're going to feel some uh, some of the violence back against them. And I, 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 I thought, hope it doesn't come to that. I it was we the people, not we the sheeple. There you go. Chris, thanks for the call tonight. We appreciate hearing from you. Let's talk to Philip. It's them the bureaucrats. Also listening on WFTL in Fort Lauderdale. Philip, you're on Free Talk Live. Philip. Yes, uh, here in uh, Broward County, the Sheriff's Department's got a little racket going on. There's an organization they call LEACH, mm. L. E-A-C-H, it stands for Law Enforcement Against Child Harm. And the reason they started this uh, organization, they're trying to battle the epidemic of children canvassing the Internet, trying to hook up with adult males. So here's what they do. <laughs> they entrap adult males, and, and it's in the paper all the time. And I'm thinking about... You know, getting the ACLU, and only the dirty cops are part of this racket. The honest cops wouldn't be a part of it. How are they doing it? Can you give us an example of how they're entrapping these males? Yeah, they'll they'll go on the Internet pretending to be a, oh, I don't know, a 17-year-old girl or boy, mm-hmm. and then they'll get an adult male to... Uh, get on the Internet. I, I'm not on the Internet, so I don't really know exactly... But I, I have a general knowledge of how they do it, yeah. because I read about it in the paper all the time. And I, it, to me, it just seems wrong. Their only victims are adult males, by the way. <laughs> and and it's just, it just frustrates me, because why don't they just arrest the kids, if that's what they're trying to stop? You know, I, I don't think that I don't think there are many kids out there canvassing the internet for uh, adult well, males. That's, that's what they're trying. That's what they say in the literature. And, and, and you then, know, I'm I'm sure that they are able to to put you know to to get these fake 15, 16, 17 year old uh, you know, young adults is what I would like to call them out there. And you know, whether the guys are gay or whether they're straight. If if they're offered this, if they're offered sex. They're sometimes they'll they'll bend their scruples as to with whom they would have sex. Oh, you won't tell or anything like that. And mm-hmm. then yeah, you know it it is entrapment. Yeah, and I, I think I know the ACLU has shut some of these down, but for it to be part of a law enforcement organization, it's, it just shatters me that they do these and. And well, the suggestion one, one is one of the victims, by the way, was a weatherman, a popular weatherman wow. here, and uh, he actually had to go to jail. And the guy was just innocent. I mean, he was he was responding to a, a kid, and uh, it wasn't anything sexual. What they did, they cooked the books on it, and because of the climate here. Uh, he just had to. He had to settle for five years. He went to jail in uh, Massachusetts. His name is Bill Kamal. He was railroaded. I mean, it was 
I mean, it's the most uh, travesty of justice right. I've ever heard about. You know what? They, essentially, what they're doing is they're uh, they're utilizing the the adult male's desire for sex against him. I mean, I'm sorry, but there are a lot of ma- males out there that are over the age of 18 that would be attracted to a 17-year-old female. I mean, it's just some arbitrary number. They look yeah. like adults. Right. <laughs> Thank you for the call tonight. We'll keep talking about this here in a moment. More coming up. You can take control. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It is your show, and you can bring up whatever you want via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features are free. If you like Free Talk Live and you want to help support the show, then... You can become a Free Talk Live amplifier at amp.freetalklive.com for as little as three bucks a month. And that uh, AMP, by the way, stands for Advertise, Market, and Promote. We take that money in and reinvest it into the show, getting on more radio stations around the country and bringing more Internet listeners on board with the program. Don't forget the perks. And you get perks, like access to the AMP-only call-in lines, chat room, forum, and more. Go and get all the details and get signed up at amp.freetalklive.com. Do you want to easily update the look of those old cabinets or that old set of drawers? Well, InnerKnobs.com offers a wide variety of knobs and pulls for every taste and budget. Save 10% on your order by using the code FTL at checkout. That's InnerKnobs.com, I-N-T-E-R-K-N-O-B-S.com. Mark, you're going to have a a housewarming party tomorrow here in our very lovely And you can see my InnerKnobs faucets. I am looking forward to it. I want to see exactly what you guys ended up with. Yeah, yeah, we got some good stuff from them. Because I've heard they're very nice. Uh, InnerKnobs.com. Get yourself, again, a 10% discount with the code FTL. Uh, Let's continue here uh, the discussion briefly, and then we'll get back to the phone calls. But, Philip... uh, was on the line a moment ago telling us about this law enforcement program down in uh, the Fort Lauderdale region where they essentially the, they have these cops where it's their full-time job. And, and th- these things go on in other parts of the country. There's a, there's a cop here in Keene, Keene, New Hampshire, population 25,000, that's full-time job is doing this stuff, is getting on the Internet and pretending to be a teenage girl or teenage boy lurking in chat rooms, which would, I guess, be likely to attract people that are interested in teenage kids. I suppose he knows more about how to find them than I do. I don't know how exactly they go about um, finding their marks, but they go and they find a guy, and they start talking to him, and they they don't beat around the bush, from what I understand. I mean, they, they make it pretty clear that they intend to you know, have you over to have sex with them. I mean, they, they tell you that they're underage, 16 or 15 or whatever, and they so tell you So they're picking up the very dumb ones, apparently. They, they tell you that uh, they, you know, mom's out of town, dad's out of town, I've got the house all by myself, come on over. You know, bring some beers, stuff like that, right? Just mm-hmm. basically telling them that they want to jump their bones. And so there are some guys that will just, they believe it, and they get in their car and they drive over to wherever it is, and well, the cops are there. There's waiting people for out them. there that send uh, checks to uh, Nambia too in order to, uh, you know, get, get the the diplomat's uh, money out of his bank account. I mean, people fall for all kinds of internet scams. Unfortunately, this one's being perpetrated by our government. Yeah, this one lands you in a jail cell with a statutory rape charge or something like that. Right. I although you never had sex with I any don't know if minors. I don't know if that's the charge. It's probably like uh, attempting, facilitating, yeah, attempted statutory rape or facilitating. To the minor rape. <laughs> lewd and lascivious behavior or something like that. And, uh, you know, I'm sorry, this is not a real crime. I, 
I understand that people want to protect kids and everything, but these teenagers that are choosing to, if, if there are teenagers choosing to meet adult males on the internet, and I don't think there are that many of them that are, are actually meeting adult males. I think most of them are creeped out by adult males. I mean, if you go, for instance, on, we have our webcam on Stick AM, which is this, uh, you know, this web streaming service where you can essentially hook up a webcam to your computer and people can watch you. Whatever reason they want to, I'm not sure. But anyway, the, if you go and look at some of the channels that are being watched besides Free Talk Live, you'll see that a lot of it are teenage girls. There are teenage girls that have these cam shows that they do where I don't know what it is that they do. I've clicked in just to see what the, what it's like, and it's just them sitting there listening to music, chatting with a bunch of horny guys that are sitting in their chat room. And their, their rules, they always have their set of rules for their little room. The girls have the, the rules? The girls uh-huh. have their own rules. And like one of the rules that you always see is you, know, you, you don't ask to show because uh, it, they're creeped out by that. I no creepy guys. I imagine that's all they say it, it, in these rooms if... If there was, you know, not that particular rule. Exactly. Exactly. So I think many of these teenage girls are well aware that they're kind of a hot item on the Internet and right. uh, are pretty cautious about it. Well, I imagine so. that a 16-year-old girl um, <laughs> can get all kinds of attention from you know, lonely people sitting, uh, lonely men sitting at lo- home alone on their computers. Right. And the suggestion with these laws is that teenagers, uh, teenage girls and boys cannot make choices, that they are little babies and they just, they haven't had their brains developed correctly and they can't decide for themselves uh, what to do. Well, well, I think that at some point um, that, you know, th- th- there's some point in the age bracket where a kid isn't able to make the decisions. But, you know, I, I remember that coal miner's daughter movie uh, with Loretta Lynn, and I believe she she got married to her husband, who was in his mid twenties, if if not older. I haven't mm-hmm. looked. I haven't researched this. I I should have. But um, you know, he was he was in his mid twenties. She was like fourteen years old. Yeah. Apparently that would that would be you know that would be rape right now. Well, yeah, fourteen was middle age back in the day. You know, when you didn't live past thirty five. And so you know, it's just so sad seeing all of these guys getting arrested for being naturally attracted to young ladies that's what they're you know that's what they're interested in he mentioned this weather you know, man if, generally generally if you uh, raise your child up right they're going to be attracted to people of their own age and this isn't going to be an issue you know sometimes there's going to be the girls out there that are attracted to older guys but really what's the big deal on that my dad my mom were 11 years apart a, a good friend of mine his parents were 20 something years apart what's the difference some people would say there's something wrong about that, and it, I just none don't of their business. Right, it is none of their business because people can make. They were married their whole. By, by the way, his, his father's whole life. I mean, you know, they, his father, I believe, had a wife before that, but they, you know, got married and stay married the whole time until his father died. If a teenager wants to make the choice to go and meet somebody from the internet, whether it be a you know creepy old guy or somebody in their age range. They can make those decisions, and they will continue making those decisions, and no amount of police on the Internet trying to round up a bunch of guys and put them into jail cells is going to stop those meetings from taking place. It's just not going to happen. You, you can't stop this stuff. If people want to meet up, they're going to meet up. Now, there's some things that they can do to help uh, make, make sure that they're, they're going to be safe. You know, if you never met this person before, meet them in a public area. Meet them at the food court at the mall or something like that where there are people around. That way you're not, you know, you're not encountering some uh, child molesting 
kidnapper that's going to snatch you, you know, your kid away, your teenager away, put throw him in the back of a van, and you know, drive to Canada or something like that. So if you if you if you're being cautious about meeting people online, then you should be okay. And I just it's just so sad when I see these things happen, Mark, because these aren't real criminals in my book. They're not real criminals because Loretta Lynn was 13 years old when she got married. Because I think that people can make decisions for themselves if they're under the age of 18. I mean, how absurd is it to suggest that a 17-year-old cannot make the same decisions that an 18-year-old can? It's nuts. And if you disagree, I want to hear from you at 800-259-9231. The idea that all of a sudden on your 18th birthday, some new synapses connect in your brain that allow you to make uh, sensible, responsible decisions is absolutely absurd. 1-800-259-9231 is the number. You bring up anything. Tom is on the line in New Hampshire. You're on Free Talk Live, Tom. Yeah, I just I got a question for you. Let's say I go and run a personal ad in, in the classified section of the newspaper. How do they decide which column to run it under? You know how they have the column men seeking women and the other column men seeking men? How would they decide which column that my ad should be in? I don't understand your question. I would assume the content. Yeah, but if I if I write an ad, a personal ad, because I'm looking for my better half, how would they decide whether it should be under men seeking women or men seeking men? Are you suggesting that you are not sure if your better half is male or female? I'm I'm, I'm asking how would they decide that? Because uh, you, you know would request it, I would think you would say I want this to be under the men seeking women category oh, or men seeking women. I have women. a choice yeah. about that. Somebody told me that all those guys that run their ad under men seeking men had no choice about that, that, that this just uh, wasn't their own decision that, that their ad should be under men seeking men. Now you're telling me that it's each individual's personal choice whether to be men seeking men or men seeking I, women. I can't say for sure. Uh, I mean, I've never placed a anyway. personal ad like that. So I, Well, I, th- I think you don't get to choose who you're attracted to. I do think you get to choose whether or not uh, you have sex with people. Anyway, uh Another point, when you go to meet these people, the title of the book that you're going to be reading is a good signal. for Because uh, to anybody else, you're just sitting there reading a book. Hmm. But to the person who's looking for you, then they know there's no doubt that you are the one that they uh, have lined up the appointment with. And so they don't feel nervous about uh, introducing themselves because they know... They, they can confidently say that you're the one that's wearing the, the blue jeans and the blue shirt, and the, the, that uh, this is also the title of the book. That, that's, that's a good that's suggestion. Good and that way, you also, what? if you're approaching from the distance, thanks, Tom, for the call, approaching from the distance in a public place, and you see somebody, you don't like the way they look, you can turn right around and walk back out and call the meeting off. But if you yep. meet in some secluded area, then then that's a really dangerous possibility. Thank you again, Tom. 800-259-9231. Can teenagers make choices for themselves, or are they just little babies that don't understand anything? What's your thought on that? Hour 3 is coming up. It's Free Talk Live. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronics, photo, cell phone, office product, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supply, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com. The 
This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever you want via the toll-free number in this live Saturday edition of the program. The number is 800-259-9231. It's brought to you by SACL CAI. That's 1-800-259-9231. And it is Ian here with you. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features on the site are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. Let's get right into your phone calls and talk first to Keith in Atlanta. Keith, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hey, Keith, guys. How's, how's it going? Thanks what's on your mind? Yes, sir. Go ahead. Yeah, I was just listening to you all a little while ago talk about you know the entrapment of uh, pedophiles, or you know, that's what they're trying to do anyway. Well, well, now, hold on. Before we go on, I don't think it's appropriate to use the term pedophile for someone okay. who's attracted to a teenager. Right. The term is a phibiophile. Right. A pedophile okay. is someone who is attracted to a, a person who has not yet gone through puberty. Okay, I'm sorry. All right, yeah, you're right. I didn't it's realize. okay, because that's what they always say in the news right. media. They want to, and, and they'll take a teenager, a young adult, uh, whom they'll call a young man in okay. school, and they'll hold responsible if they commit a crime, uh, because... Believe me, I was—I know I was 17 years old and I got sent to prison. Um, they'll hold that person responsible for their actions. However, they can't be responsible for having sex with somebody. Okay, yeah, that's a good point. I didn't realize that. I guess I have two points to make. One of sure. y'all said that you've got a town of 25,000 and there's a full-time dude who does, does nothing but pretend to be a 17-year-old girl on the Internet. Yep, that's, that's, that's my understanding. That's pretty much the case. Yeah. I mean, going back past or going beyond the obvious superficial you know, waste huge waste of taxpayer money for this dude's salary. You've got someone who, in my mind, he is just as sick as the people who he's trying to... I agree. I think there's something, you know, There's you have to have a real mindset, a uh, real kind of perverted mindset, I think, to be able to engage in a job like that where you're essentially chatting up horny dudes all yeah. day long and <laughs> pretending like you're a teenage girl or teenage boy who's uh, as horny. I mean, what's with that? It's like, who the heck goes into that as a profession? I mean... I don't know, man. It's very strange, isn't it? The second point I want to make is if you're – okay, I'm 39. i got to tell you, if a 17-year-old girl starts coming on to me, that's going to creep me out. I mean, I'm going to be like, you know, lady or girl, I could be your dad, Mm -hmm. for God's sakes. You know, you know – I don't know about this. This is I remember ta- my grandmother, and I remember a conversation she had with my mom, just, uh, my great-grandmother, I should say, uh, before she died. And she said, you know, my mind feels like it did when I was 25. And I think that's really true. I still think the girls in um, Playboy are hot. There was one time when I used to look at them, and they were older. And now, funny, now they're younger. And it's, you know, you know so you sort of, there's this uh, this bracket of ages, which are, you know, the 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 women are uh, the most attractive or whatever. You know, my wife is still beautiful to me. But, um, right. You know, I, I, for some reason, uh, old guys seem to, to get voted the sexiest man in the world, a little older than, uh, you know, women. You don't see many 60-year-old women getting voted sexiest woman in the world. Mm-hmm. However, Sean Connery did pull it off. Of course, he has that great voice. <laughs> right. I guess, I guess here's the thing. that This is something that dudes could do to protect themselves. Anytime you're, you feel weird about a girl coming on to you, just, just cut the conversation off and say, okay, young lady, what, what police precinct do you work for? <laughs> Let's cut through this BS about you think I'm hot and all that because we all know that I'm not hot. Yeah, you're sitting there calling me hot. I don't know if that's going to work because I think that the cops they have the ability to lie in the course of conducting their investigation, so they'll just lie to you if they're a real cop. Well, I, I guess what I'm saying is put it out front that you don't you don't trust them. You know that this smells like some kind of BS, like uh, entrapment. 
And yeah, then, I think I think that the guys that do get caught in this just feel so lucky that they're going to have sex with somebody, and it wouldn't matter to them whether it was a 21-year-old woman or a you know 16-year-old. Woman. Maybe maybe not, Mark. There could be a forbidden fruit aspect at work in that uh, in that the idea of having sex with somebody that's out of their uh, the you know the uh, the legal age is somewhat attractive to them because it's you know dangerous. When I was 31, 33 or something like that, I dated a 19-year-old girl, and I can tell you, you know, she was really, really attractive. The problem was I had to talk Talking to her. Talking to her, yeah. You know, and that, it, it, you know that's, it's, it's not so it. great, that, uh, that, that right. age difference. Thank well, you for the... Hmm, go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry, just one quick second. Yeah. What if you were to say to ask the girl, are you over 18? And then let's say, you know, they lie and say, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm a girl over 18. Doesn't that kind of cover you as a guy? I mean, well, they're not going to say that. Uh, the, okay. that. That's what they want you to do. They want you to talk to a what that what you will believe is a underage girl, and okay, then because that's the whole crime. The whole crime is uh, right. having talked to them and then going to see them. They don't. You never right. actually see this person. Right. It's you're never actually it's having fictitious. sex with a girl. You're never actually. Yeah. Which is why the entire thing is totally manufactured. It's nothing more than effect, effectively a thought crime because right. there really is no victim. And thank you for the call tonight. We appreciate right. it, Keith. Thank they, you. Yep, 800-259-9231. And my argument is that there's no victim, even if there is a teenage girl or teenage boy involved, because I think they can make choices for themselves. Yeah, I don't know how young I'm willing to go on that, but I, I'm, I've been reading this during the break since I mentioned her last segment. Loretta I've been reading Lynn. yeah, Loretta Lynn's biography on Wikipedia, and it, it took a great deal of scouring on the Internet to discover how mm-hmm. old uh, Oliver uh, Lynn was when uh, she and, and he got married. But... Uh, she was 13 years old when they got married. He was 21. That's a crime in all 50 states currently. Sure is. Yeah, and and we've read stories here where you know young girls, 14, 15, meet guys that are a bit older, 21, 22. I don't know why it is they get along. I don't know what they have in common. I don't propose I don't to know that. that they get but they marry them. Well, I mean, these days it's probably not that they get along so much more that it is that the girls looking for attention and the guys are are willing to give some attention in order to get some uh, some action. Yeah, I mean, well, that's probably what most I, of it I, is. I think, I think that that's the I think that's the formula for, uh, for for sex and marriage and all that stuff. Anyway, let's continue with your calls. Ben is on the line in South Florida, listening to WFTL. Ben, you're on Free Talk Live. Hi, how are you? Hey, great. Good. What's on your mind? I just happened to tune in to your station. Um... And I heard this interesting conversation. Um, I was just observing that the uh, statutory rape law on the surface seems kind of crazy because let's say one of them is 17 and the other is 16. That's not statutory rape because they're both minors. Mm -hmm. But the next year, it will be. But then the year after that, again, it won't be. Yeah, it's the absurdity of law. I had that same thing happen to me um, in high school. You know, that it, it could very well have happened to me. I suppose they had to pick some age arbitrarily where they can be pretty sure that you're mature enough to have sex. So they just chose 18. But these days, I think, in this country, knowing what children know about sex, I mean, I guess 16 should be... I, uh, but I don't know. I don't really. know what age it should be, but it, it should be less than what it is. Uh, try to find 18-year-old virgins. They, they, they there's should, a dearth of them. The age should be no age whatsoever. The issue should be victimization. If somebody had sex with another person who did not consent, that's real rape. And I think it's an insult to people who've been raped to call what uh, you know an 18-year-old having sex with a 15-year-old statutory. See, I disagree. Call that rape. I, I disagree with that because uh, you know this this whole consent thing. My son is four months old. Um, now, he would not 
he, he could neither assent or dissent to sex. So therefore, how are you talking about violence and coercion? Uh, well, if you can't, if you're not explicitly consenting, then you are not consenting, I, I and have, that's I haven't that's had rape. too many women that I've had sex with assent to sex. They just went ahead and and you know did it you know physically went along with it. Okay, well, if they're not... They didn't oh, say, yes, geez, let's have saying. sex. If they're not saying no, then... Oh, I see what you're saying, Yeah, Mark. you've got a real problem with but this clearly, whole, uh, you know, clearly, assent thing. Clearly, uh, people understand uh, that children cannot, uh, you know, children cannot make those decisions. They clearly understand I, I don't understand think they clearly that. understand that. Caller? Hello? Yep, you're there. Ahead. Hello? Oh, yeah, yeah I'm, still, I'm still here? Okay. Believe it or not. What, any idea what the laws are in, in Europe? Various. Uh, you can go to age of, I think ageofconsent.com. If it's still online, I don't know if you know if it's still online these days, but there's a uh, there's a website, a resource that will essentially give you a breakdown, uh, country by country and state by state, what the various ages of consent were. I remember the last time I looked, I think Spain was like 13. Uh, oh. So it it varies uh, pretty widely over in Europe, from my understanding. I think it goes from like 13 to 16, uh, and even here in the United States. Uh, even Hawaii used to be 14. Canada was 14 for the longest time, and I think they just recently raised that to 16. Uh, here in New Hampshire, it is 16, so it, it changes from state to state. Yeah, the, the, it's, it's it's really odd. Apparently, the the girls uh, here in New Hampshire are smarter than the ones down in Florida. They can make decisions two years earlier. I mean, it's well, just nuts. It's not even standard in, the, in this country. Uh, yeah, hello? exactly. Hey, thank you for the call tonight. Yeah. I, I think he thinks he's going to keep getting yeah, hung up on. Thank you. Uh, 800-259-9231. Look, nobody's advocating child sex here, Mark. We're just saying, I'm just saying that teenagers who've gone through puberty can make their own damn decisions for themselves. Will they make the wrong decisions? Sure. Should someone go to jail for that? No. This is Free Talk Live. Bring up whatever's on your mind. Toll free at 800-259-9231. The live Saturday edition of the program. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features on the site, they're free, so enjoy those on us. And they include the bulletin board system. You can go and get interactive with over 375,000 posts. There is a lot to talk about on the Free Talk Live BBS. Just go to bbs.freetalklive.com and get the conversation started from serious issues to fun stuff. You'll find it all for free at bbs.freetalklive.com. And Free Talk Live is brought to you by the Free State Project. It's your only choice for more personal freedom and smaller, less intrusive government. To learn more about joining the Second American Revolution, go to freestateproject.org. That's freestateproject.org. We're talking about the age of consent and what started all of this was a call from Florida about uh, one of those police... Uh, essentially, the, these programs that they have that entrap horny people, mostly horny older guys, into uh, this... Uh, the, Older to, than 18, guys. Yeah, <laughs> believing that they're going to be able to hook up with a, uh, a teenage girl, and then when they try to go and meet or the boy, girl... Or boy, whatever their flavor is. Sure. Uh, and then when they go and try to meet the girl, they find out it was actually a cop, in point of fact, and they get arrested and charged with some sort of crime, which, you know, contributes to ruining their lives and getting them on the sex offender list for yeah, the rest and, of their and life. And I think that there's, there's probably a better chance that you're talking to a cop than you are um, talking to some 16-year-old girl that wants to have sex with you. Right. There aren't too many teenage girls that are actually going to hang out in horny dads' chat rooms. I mean, I don't or horny men. I don't know what rooms these people hang out in. I don't know. I mean, I, it's a strange across. world. I don't know. Yeah, I don't really get it myself. I don't know how it all exactly works, but I do know that uh, men... That I can tell you that if that, uh, if that uh, browser came up on my line and my wife was using my computer, <laughs> I would be in big trouble. 
Well, yeah, exactly. I don't know how ex- it all how it all precisely works, but I do understand that it shouldn't be you know, happening. Uh, that these guys are not committing crimes. In I think my they opinion, blow this whole kid sex internet thing way up. I've been I, I've been using the internet since 1998, thereabouts. Mm-hmm. Um, I've you know looked at all kinds of porn on the internet. I've been solicited for all kinds of porn on the internet. Some horrible, disgusting things have uh, popped up on me um, here and there, and I have never once been offered in any way, shape, or form the ability to see child porn. Oh, I thought we were talking about. Uh, we are, consent. but I mean, I think that they're 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 just they, well, define child porn. Inter- well, I I don't. I, I the would government's assume. definition is anybody under the age of eighteen, and if that's your definition, then there's a whole lot of it on the internet. Because as one of our chat room uh, amp chat room participants pointed out, kids these days have no shortage of digital cameras, and if they're feeling rebellious or whatever it is that they've got in their head, and they want to take naked pictures of themselves and send them to some of their friends or do who knows what with them. There is no one stopping them. There's no. Uh, there's nobody at the. Uh, you know the Walgreens. Uh, photo development center that's going to be able to intercept them. They're going to be able to snap whatever the explicit photos they want of themselves and distribute them in whatever ways they deem appropriate. So if you're defining teenagers being photographed nude or in some sort of sexually uh, promiscuous position then as child porn, then there's a whole lot of it on the internet. I, you know a what I, I think it. I'm defining it as is uh, exploitative pictures of children. That's not so much. They're not so much of that. I don't think. I, I you know, I did, uh, I, I did happen to at one time some girl that was uh, sixteen or fifteen or something like that put a picture of herself up topless, and that was off. It was offered that I could see that. I, however, declined because I knew the the age, and I just didn't feel like committing a felony that day. Let's continue with your calls here. I want to hear what you think and talk to Bill in Indy, listening to WXNT. Hey, Bill. Hey guys. Hey, what's on your mind tonight? Um, I got a couple questions for you. I'm still trying to formulate my opinions. I'm not real educated on the subject because I'm childless. Okay. But um, let me ask you guys a question. If I ask you a question, you won't think I'm trying to attack you. I hope. No. Go, go ahead. Because I'm I'm about as libertarian as as the rest guy, rest the next guy. But I gotta I gotta ask you in your mind. How, let's say let's say a 35 year old man wants to have sex with a 14 year old girl. Do you think that's okay? If they're both consenting to it, then I think it's fine. Okay, what age, how low can it go? I, you know, there's no, I don't have an answer to that question. I mean, certainly the younger you go, the more icky and uncomfortable things become as far as the discussion I is concerned. I think the 35 and 14 sounds icky to me. I made, uh, I made the decision at age 10 to engage in, uh, in sexual activity, and I was aware of what I was doing. So, I mean, I'm not, again, I'm not advocating that, and I, I, I am saying that it's important that that consent be attained. But I don't think you've got a crime if you've got two consenting parties, and I think that uh, teenagers have the have the ability to make choices for themselves. I, I just can't get past my mind. I know I, I don't have any daughters. I don't know if you guys do either. No, nope, I do not. I, I can't get it around my mind. Um, well, I'll say I keep thinking, you know, a thirty-five, four-year-old guy with a say a fourteen-year-old girl. Let's just use right. that as an example. I, I, you know, I totally get it. And in, in our high schools is probably where this is. Uh, you know, the, these people are going to. You be. mean the teachers yeah, meeting the, the kids? This is probably the most likely occurrence there. And I think that you know, for for one, they would be violating the rules of the school and should be fired for mm-hmm. that. But you know, I when I think about standard, when I think about, and I'm guilty of that too. I wouldn't be half as upset if it was a 14-year-old boy and a 35-year-old woman. Oh, really? Then, uh, then now, you're going to give them points, right? Lost, like, way to go, dude. Yeah, I know I just lost the women out there because I'm a sexist, sexist pig, but 
I think a lot of them have the same opinions, really. Um, I think that... Yeah. Am I inconsistent in that belief? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that by having... And the, remember, girls mature by, by, faster. Wait a second. The rules, um, by making these rules that uh, girls can uh, you know, not make these decisions, they know they can make the decisions because it's their vagina. They can make the decisions with it. So uh, you know, then, they, then they get this power in the relationship, and you set up this whole power-sex situation that uh, you know, really carries on through life. And sex shouldn't be associated with power, and we, we, you need to take that away and i think once you do then girls won't be quite as attracted to using that for older guys and getting them in situations i, I think it's just it's it sets up this weird dynamic well I'm, I'm in my 40s and i can't imagine even wanting to have sex with anybody uh younger than 18 because i'd be scared to death that the father would be out there to shoot me <laughs> that's probably the most practical well. concern is uh what do you do about dad I'll let somebody else have a chance. Thanks, Bill, for the call tonight. We appreciate it. At 1-800-259-9231, you can chime in on this controversy. It's never going to be resolved. There's always, as long as there's this arbitrary age limit, there are always going to be people that are going to violate that limit and have sex with somebody that's under that particular arbitrary age and then get put into a prison as a result of it. There are a lot of guys sitting behind bars today because they had sex with a teenage girl. In many cases, there's another factor here, a girl that lied about her age. It it, it absolutely is true. But, you know, the the, the the thing is, there have been rules throughout the ages that have been based on other things besides age. There have been, you know, rules on social class, if uh, for some reason uh, a noble girl decided to have sex with a peasant boy, his head be chopped off. And then when you move that up a, a little bit more in the time continuum, if a white w- girl decided to have sex with a black boy, he's going to be hung. Mm. And now what we're doing is we're taking middle age, you know, men, I don't know, you, you pick your age, 35, 40, 25, 18, I don't, in their 20s. whatever, yeah, that are having sex with girls that are, you know, old enough to make decisions on whether or not to have sex because they are whether you like it or not they say that young people some you know there's a certain age i believe that there is a certain age that you can't make the choice but i know that age isn't 16 i know it's not 15 it's a it's a mental age as far as i'm concerned it's, it has to do with experience and wisdom and not the I actual knew all kinds of, of girls that were having um in high school in high school when i was in high school in the 80s that had sex at 13 14 1-800-259-9231. And, you know, the fact is you're not going to improve these people's lives by engaging them in, uh, in, in putting them into this legal system, possibly putting them in jail cells and going through that whole... Yeah, what does that solve? More on the way. Free Talk Live. One of the bonuses you'll get as a Free Talk Live amplifier is access to our classic archives. For just $3 a month, you can become an amplifier and you'll help us get on more radio stations and MP3 players. Get the details at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up anything toll-free at 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We've got the Shrine of Female Listeners, dozens of ladies who've taken the time to send us their validated photo to prove they listen to the show. Go to shrine.freetalklive.com. That is shrine.freetalklive.com and see what it's all about. And there is no age limit to be a part of the uh, the Shrine of Female Listeners. Though, I th- didn't I restrict babies? I think I restricted babies from being on the Shrine. You actually have to be able to consent to send your picture into the Shrine. Uh, but beyond that, as far as, like, as long as you can consent and take your own photo and send it in, we'll put you up there. I think we've got the youngest on the Shrine is probably, what, like, eight? Something like that? I guess, yeah. 
And uh, there you go. So, so head on over. Shrine has arbitrarily decided that that age can consent. Well, uh, she was there. We were there with her at a public event. We took the photo with her, so she uh, clearly knew what she was doing. Anyway, uh, 800-259-9231. You can bring up anything. I I don't think we're going to have time to talk about it. Maybe we'll get to this story later this week. Uh, But since we're talking about age of consent in regards to sexual matters, it seems appropriate to talk about age of consent in regards to other things, like being able to work. What about uh, teenagers being able to make the decision to actually have a job? That's a pretty big issue, too. So uh, if we get a chance, we might cover that tonight, but we got to get to your calls first. Mike is on the line listening to WXNT in Indy. Hello, Mike. Yeah. How you doing, sir? Hey, what's on your mind? Um, what's on my mind is, um, as an African-American, I was a black man here in the United States of America, mm-hmm. and as a disabled veteran that served this country, and I obtained degrees and so forth, I think probably around 90% of our people are law-abiding citizens. Are people being black people or yeah, Americans? Yeah, okay. black people. Okay. Um, I think that everybody should be treated the same. When you pull it over, to respect, unless you are have committed some kind of crime. I've been pulled over for no reason at all, and I've been disrespected. Mm, I believe it. Um, I think that's something that if the local municipalities or the police where you live, uh, the police chief, uh, who's ever in charge, cannot deal with their officers, then they need to take, be taken to the Department of Justice. Yeah, I, um, I, you know, I don't, I don't know how one polices the police. Uh, it seems to be a problem we've had uh, ever since we've had police. Uh, I think that the crime of driving while, while black, and and um, you know, a friend of mine, my, my my the godfather of my child is black, and he, you know, he confirms this has happened to him, and he, you know, his his day way of dealing with it is you know, being nice to the officer and you well, know, that's pretty, what I that's what I do. I yeah. do the same thing. I mean, I'm a, I'm a person that's. I'm a like I say I'm a disabled Vietnam era veteran. Sure, and I, I understand, and, uh, but essentially what you're doing is kissing the officer's ring to some extent, just to be able to be let uh, let go. I mean, you should, you know, it's it's tough. It's a tough situation to be put in. You shouldn't be suspected for um, suspected for something simply because of your race. And well, and and I'm going to say this also. I believe a lot of people in my race are afraid to speak out on this matter. Uh, they will take the punishment wherever it is and go on down the road. And it does have uh, impact on a person. I believe it do have an impact on a person. Uh, you know, knowing that you haven't did nothing wrong and uh, being pulled over for no reason at all, and then beyond that, disrespected. Well, you know, the number one cause of, in my opinion, the number one cause of uh, this problem is the war on drugs. Uh, you know, they uh, they will pull people over, and it's not just black people; it's also teenagers and people driving beat up cars and long haired hippies, and you know, a lot of people suffer from, and of course, uh, Hispanics as well uh, suffer from, you know, this police targeting, this discrimination, uh, and the the cops, they, I guess, they just figure that, you know, they're more likely than not, in some cases, to to find some marijuana or something like that, 
And so they pull these different groups of people over in the hopes that they'll be they're essentially on a, fix, a fishing expedition. They usually ask to search, and most people don't know they can say no to a search. But so, they're too scared to. Or they're too scared so or intimidated. So they go ahead and they let the cops search. And sure enough, they turn up a bag of marijuana, which in my opinion is not a crime. Uh, that We talked last night about some sheriff down in Tallahassee that said that he thought uh, drug users were criminals. And I'm sorry, they are not. Criminals are people that harm others. P- uh, criminals are people that destroy property and harm other people. That's, the only, if, in my opinion, the only acceptable definition of criminal. But yet, the police have had the definition of criminal expanded to anyone that breaks one of their silly little laws. And so they'll target whoever it is they think they can, uh, they can get to obey and, and, uh, and bow down to them. And it's just so, it's, it's so sad. And as you said, Mark, what do you do about it? What can you do? And there's not much that can be done in the current situation because the only thing that would possibly change all this would be to have a protection uh, competition, to have companies that you would hire to keep you safe, and those companies wouldn't be around arresting you for possession of marijuana. So again, it really goes back to the issue of the war on drugs and these other so-called consensual crimes with what we were talking about earlier with teenagers having sex with one another underage or a 21-year-old guy having sex with a, a 15-year-old. I mean, these are all consensual acts that we're talking about here, but yet they've been criminalized by these uh, these laws, and so all kinds of innocent people that have never harmed another person in their lives are getting punished for no reason whatsoever, just because the cops, uh, they've got their laws to enforce, and they're going to do it. Thank you for letting me talk, sir. I'm glad you called. Thank you for making that call. 800-259-9231. I mean, it's... I'm not black, so I can't really uh, empathize with the situation, but I, I am a marijuana consumer, so I do understand uh, what it's like to be targeted for one's system of uh, what one prefers in life. You know, I, I know it's wrong. That's what yeah. I know. I know it's wrong to profile somebody simply based on race, and, you know, it's done. And people say it's okay, and I, I just don't it's agree not that okay. it's not okay. It's not okay to, to profile somebody based on the type of car, the, the length of their hair, or the fact that they're of black descent or of uh, Arabic descent. Just think about this. I mean, what is it that they could profile you for if there were no consensual crimes? What, I mean, what, what does a murderer do? look like? Right. What does a burglar look like? Right. What, none of these things. They wouldn't be able to get away with it as easy. Yeah, I think, it w- I think that there would still be, what does a terrorist look like? Well, yeah, we've got that one now. But my point being, though, they would not be able to just get away with pulling over wholesale as many people that they want to pull over, harassing them and haranguing them and threatening them and intimidating them. They wouldn't be able to get away with it if they were actually peace officers whose number one priority it, w- it was to keep the peace and to keep people safe. But that's not their number one priority. Their number one priority, as we discussed last night, is to give out tickets Revenue and to generation. arrest people and to put people in jail cells for crimes that aren't real crimes. Revenue generation and arresting nonviolent, uh, nonviolent individuals, arresting consensual criminals. That's what the cops do 90% of the time as far as I'm concerned. And it's one of the reasons why people don't respect the police. Because they're out there arresting Some. their friends. They're out, you know, your, your son gets arrested for having a marijuana cigarette. Your friend, uh, who happens to be black or Hispanic, gets uh, pulled over because he was driving while black. I mean, when you hear these stories, you start to understand that the police are not, in point of fact, out there to keep you safe. They're not there to protect and serve. They're there to serve themselves with your money. That's what they do. 
And to deny that is to deny reality. Well, I think that many of them don't serve themselves directly with your money. They serve their department with your money. And serving themselves. I mean, if you arrest a lot of people and you give out a lot of tickets, you get bonuses and overtime and stuff like that. Yeah, I don't think they get it based directly on the seizures, but it trickles down. As a salesman, I know that I've got to bring money into my organization. Otherwise, my job's in jeopardy. And... That's revenue generation. Well, the cops are just revenue generators with guns in a lot of cases. Let's keep going with your phone calls. Nick, on the line in California, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Nick. Hey, guys. Just want to change gears a little bit to uh, the FCC discussion you've been having for the last few few days. Um, I was kind of trying to think about uh, a good way that it applies to a current market. And uh, stand-up comedy is a, is a, a certain market where people's ideas are strictly conceptual and they get stolen all the time and and half the time the person stealing the idea is the one that's that's more famous yeah you know it's it's a very direct correlation to you know how how it could work in a free market to where reputations are purely what's on the line and it's not so much uh the idea but you know sometimes how you deliver it or, or how it how it What's more likable to the to the audience, basically? So, are you suggesting that uh, you know if somebody rips off a joke that they that's okay as long as they tell it better? Hang on, we'll bring you back. It's free talk. This is Free Talk Live. Only moments remain in this live Saturday edition of the program. You can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's 1-800-259-9231, and it's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. If you enjoy this program and you want to help support Free Talk Live, we've got an easy way for you to do it. You can just shop with us at amazon.freetalklive.com. Look, you got to buy stuff. Everybody has to buy stuff to, uh, to live life and uh, enjoy it. And Amazon's got virtually everything you might need to buy, 41-plus categories to shop in, including used items. So if your budget's tight, buy used, save yourself a few bucks, and feel good, because when you buy through Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com, FreeTalkLive gets a percentage of the sales. So start your shopping at Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com. As we go back to Nick in California. So, Nick, let me see if I uh, understood correctly what you were saying before. You were saying that in the world of stand-up comedy, uh, comedians have been known to borrow jokes from uh, from one another, and they've been okay. Like, comedians have been able to actually make money off of that, and you're using that as an example to say that intellectual property protections aren't necessary? Well, I'm not saying it's necessarily a nice thing to do because it's often they're not uh, asking for permission to do it, mm-hmm. and oftentimes not using the joke directly, but using more of the concept and changing it to however they feel it works. And I mean, it happens and it's been happening and nobody's stopping it from happening other than, you know, either personally, I, I don't listen to certain comedians due to I know the fact, you know, that they've taken certain jokes. Well, the market, you know, what you're saying there is the marketplace decides. And so therefore, if, uh, you know, a club owner gets wind that uh, one of his performers is a ripoff artist, first and foremost, maybe he won't give him the gig and they'll have a tougher time getting something. Absolutely. Unfortunately, certain comedians nowadays are Carlos Mancias and our, our Dane Cooks, who are popular and mainstream, are the ones who generally are guilty of it. So mm. I don't know if our current market is, is doing that, but... 
Well, if you can I, I if you can steal hope. a joke and tell it better than the other guy, then well, that's the way the cookie crumbles. I it guess. may not. It, you know, you know as well as I do that it's uh, the ears that are listening, not necessarily how good or bad you are at telling the joke. I mean, maybe our radio show is better, maybe it's worse than Rush Limbaugh's, but he's getting heard by a lot more people because he's on 600 stations, we're on 40. So and, and that's not that's necessarily true. It. I mean, it's the images involved, too. I mean, someone like Dane Cook, who's really popular, can get away with stealing a joke from, you know, eight, nine, ten years ago, and people who've never listened to specific comedians who he's taken it from aren't going to even know, and they're going to assume it's his own personal his own personal work when it's truly not. So well, they can't and, judge properly. And how crazy would it be if uh, if these comedians could sue one another over who had what joke first? I mean, then you've got all kinds of lawsuits, and then you can't focus on writing new jokes because you're too busy defending yourself or suing somebody. So it's, I mean, it's worked out. Sure, some people have gotten their jokes ripped off, and maybe some others have made careers out of it. But, you know, maybe you weren't cut out for comedy. I guess not. I don't know. What's that have to do with the FCC, though? Well, you called about the FCC. Well, I mean, the FCC doesn't do anything about it currently. I mean, when it happens... Why would the FCC be involved in uh, joke-telling? I'm just thinking more on the intellectual properties. I might not be speaking of the proper... uh, The FCC is the Federal Communications Commission, and it doesn't really have any purview over uh, over intellectual property, and more so over broadcast matters like cable television, uh, radio, and and that sort of thing. Well, I guess I I was incorrect there. I'm sure they'll play a role at some point in the process of uh, a comedian getting on air and potentially, you know, saying a ripped-off joke. But, I mean, not directly as far as copywriting specific idea or specific joke. Nick, thanks for the call tonight. We appreciate hearing from you at 800-259-9231. Just misunderstanding there the uh, the, the job of the FCC. At least right now, that is not in their purview. Thank goodness. Mm-hmm. But they, what, uh, if, if it was, they'd do it poorly. Well, they, I guess they have been involved in that, you know, you can't play certain comedians on the air if they curse, because then you'd come in violation of the FCC. But otherwise, they... Pretty much uh, stay out of that realm for now. Uh, as we continue here with your calls, and we talk to Robert listening to WXNT in Indianapolis. Robert, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hello. Uh, hey. I originally called in to talk about something, but I want to comment on the last caller. Uh, sure. I, I honestly believe that if it wasn't possible for somebody else to listen to another comedian and listen to their work and then improve on that, that's kind of, I believe, how the whole comedian... Uh, stuff came about. I mean, one person tells a joke, another person hears it, comes up with a better way to tell it. I mean, without yeah. being able to do that, you wouldn't have some of the greatest comedians. Sure. As, Co- comedians as inspire one another, right? I mean, a, a comedian that's outperforming today is going to tell you that he was influenced by comedian X, Y, and Z, right, and like that's my, okay. Right. Now, the original reason why I called, I'm uh, 28, and uh, I'm a father of three, and I pay child support. Okay. And I have experienced in my personal experiences that not all the money that I pay in that goes towards my children. Um, I I've honestly believe that it's a one-sided uh, situation as far as the the city and the state's concerned. I want you know my problem is I think that there isn't any legislation or anything in place that kind of protects the the, the father figure. Um, I think that there should be some legislation in place or some rules or things that should be enforced to keep the, the mothers honest. 
Wow, how are you going to do it, though? I mean, I agree with you entirely. The paternity uh, setup in this country is one-sided. It favors women. It's screwed up, um, and you know, there's just it's it starts with sex and it works its way, and it's all downhill from there. Um, You know, just the the very fact that you get to you get to decide whether or not you want to have a baby uh, before you have an orgasm. They get to decide four months after that. You know, their decisions go um, that much longer, and you know that's wrong, and a lot of it's messed up, but. You know, unfortunately, the way it is currently is that, you know, men are looked down on, you know, they're the bad guy every time. It's they're the bad, you know, when when you look at custody nine times out of ten, and I'll bet you I'm not wrong on that number, 90 percent of the time women are going to get custody of the children. You know, generally, if you see a generally, if you see a situation where the women don't have custody, there's there's some real odd reason I like the idea of, you know, if you're paying child support, that the, all that money should go to supporting the kid. But on the other side of that, if it doesn't, how are you going to prove it? I mean, how are you going to know for sure? And then are we talking about expanding the bureaucracy to where they become more intrusive in people's lives to, to try to not verify so much, this? Not so much as in, like, keeping track of each transaction or a thing that happens as far as that, but more in lines that... You know, they should at least, you know, have a live, uh, be able to like call up on and be, have them have a way to prove, you know, keep a receipt or have a account, you know, something that would keep track, you know, where they went. Not so much what they got, but where they went or something. Some type of thing that would make them or make them have to check in each month, you know, and or just some rules in place to keep the mothers, you know, because in my situation, my. My ex, you know, doesn't work. She lives at home, pretty much living off of what I make. Yeah, it, it does. It does make you there wonder. There should be some rules or programs that they have to attend in order to keep getting that, or that should be stopped for a temporary period of time until they do, you know, follow the rules or do what they have to do. And I just feel that there's nothing in place for them to have to do anything. I I, I agree that it's it's a mess. I don't think the government can fix it. I think the government's involved, and yeah. that's the problem. Right. And yeah. Adding more rules not going to solve the problem. I mean, I see where you're coming from, and I, I can empathize with with how you feel on this, but I don't think that you're going to find the solution in the in the bureaucracy. I don't know what the solution is there because it's it's tricky, right? I mean, if you you, you pull the government out of it, and then you then you could have um, you could have like an arbitration situation, I guess, where each party agrees to certain terms. Uh, and it'd be like, probably more agreeable for both parties in that particular case, whatever those terms were. I totally agree that an arbiter would be the best um, scenario. I think that'd be the way to go. But uh, just adding in more bureaucracy and more rules and regs, uh, then you're just giving them an excuse to hire more bureaucrats and expand their purview. And I, I hesitate to uh, to come on your side and support that particular call. But thank you for the call tonight. 800-259-9231. Leon, also listening to WXNT. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello? Hello? Yeah, You're on yeah. The air. Uh, my I thought my phone cut out. Here hey, you are. Uh, uh, I was listening to a caller uh, 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 that was complaining about uh, uh, cops stopping them and uh, this, that, and the other. And uh, I listen to you m- most evenings. But hey, what uh, what I'm wondering about is uh, it can't be this simple. But but uh, what about having uh, uh, which uh, they, they probably already have the capability to lock in their uh, their uh, you know these mics that they carry on their shoulders. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, what's the problem with uh, with requiring them to lock in the uh, the mic when they uh, when they stop anybody and then uh, and then record it and uh, and if they don't get a complaint you know try some tapes within a week or something like that with the technology we got I'm sure they they got the capability of doing something some like that some stops are recorded would, some of them that do would that. eliminate a lot of this uh, uh, who said what. 
I, I, I agree with that. Um, I think that the police should be recording stops for their own uh, protection, and I think that uh, many of them are. I think that uh, drivers should be recording the stops for their protection, and I think that there <laughs> yeah, shouldn't be a problem. But a if you whip out a do, pol- if you whip out a, a camera or a microphone on a police officer, they get mighty scared. They don't mm-hmm. like them microphones and them cameras. It's not like when a gun. Not when they're not when they're in the hands of the citizenry. You know, they know that they're what they're doing could end up on YouTube. Thanks, Liam, for the got, call, we, man. I'm sorry, but we're out of time for tonight. Uh, do call us back another time be happy to continue the discussion and we will continue discussing various issues starting monday night and uh, we'll see you online in the meantime at freetalklive.com have a great weekend you ever have one of those days where everything goes right first i get the best parking space at work tonight i have a date with a very lovely rachel and today i gave a killer presentation in sydney finalized the contract in london and demoed our new product in boston online from my desk with webex webex lets me take meetings and give presentations from my desk i just talk to clients on the phone and they watch what's happening on my desktop from their desktop so i can travel the world and still be here for my date tonight with rachel travel less meet online Go to WebEx.com and try WebEx free. Just click the radio graphic and enter promo code 600 to get a free trial and a free webcam, too. Remember that code 600 to qualify for the free webcam. WebEx, now part of Cisco and used by more than 5.5 million people every month. Give it a try, free. Go to WebEx.com and enter the promo code 600. W-E-B-E-X.com. Free webcams available while supplies last. Terms and restrictions apply. See website for details.